Warning! The following podcast contains strong language, which some listeners may find offensive. Hey! It's Warhorse and you are listening to the Untitled Wrestling Podcast! Now shut the hell up and listen, or else I'll rule your ass! Hello people and welcome to the Untitled Wrestling Podcast and our weekly news roundup in what has been probably welcome. the most batshit week of wrestling news I think ever. Because of recording, it's actually two weeks because we because we recorded one, one early for Jax. Die. No, it's actually more like two weeks worth of news, but still. Wow, yeah, still, there's a lot. A lot of stuff's happened in that, in that like, period. An awful lot. Fucking Sasha Mike gone, Vinny's gone, Brock's back, Forbidden Door around the corner. It's it's all fucking kicking off. There's... You haven't even written about Brock being back here, either. Oh, uh, well, I did a little bit. I did a little bit. Only oh, yeah. a wee bit. I, 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 I did see sort of fight for select. I just forgot to put it in. <laughs> mm. Without further ado, let's get right yeah. into it. We will kick off with all things WWE because, of course, we fucking will this week. So, lots yeah. to get through here in this first article. According to a report by the Wall Street Journal, the WWE board is investigating a secret $3 million settlement that Vince McMahon reportedly agreed to pay a departing employee with whom he'd allegedly had an affair, according to multiple documents and people familiar with the board inquiry. A January 2022 separation agreement reported bars the now former employee who was hired as a paralegal in 2019 from discussing her relationship with Mr. McMahon or disparaging him. The investigation reportedly began in April when other older non-disclosure agreements involving claims by former female WWE employees of misconduct by Mr. McMahon and John Laurinaitis, who is the head of talent relations at WWE. The Wall Street Journal couldn't determine how many previous agreements were being scrutinized. Board members uh, reportedly learned of the $3 million agreement in a series of anonymous emails it received from someone who said the former WWE paralegal was a friend. The first email sent to the board members on March 30th alleged that Mr. McMahon initially hired the woman at a salary of $100,000, but increased it to $200,000 after being a sexual relationship with her. The email to the board also alleged that Mr. McMahon gave her like a toy to Mr. Laurinaitis. The board is investigating the allegations in the email. The people familiar with the inquiry said uh, the former Mr. the former employee reportedly moved from the legal department in 2021 to become an assistant to Mr. Laurinaitis. I quote, my friend was so scared she quit after Vince McMahon and lawyer Jerry paid her millions of dollars to shut up. The initial email to the board member said, uh, referring to Mr. McMahon's longtime lawyer, Mr. McDevitt, who negotiated the deal, according to people familiar with the board inquiry. Outside counsel for the board is reportedly still collecting information about the NDAs, but has determined that the payments totaled in millions of dollars. The board's preliminary findings reported uh, reportedly are that Mr. McMahon used personal funds to pay the former female employees who signed the agreements, including one involving allegations against Mr. Laurinaitis. The directors reportedly received a copy of the $3 million agreement from one of Mr. McMahon's lawyers on June the 12th. One person familiar with the inquiry said that 
the non-disclosure agreement provided an upfront payment of $1 million to the former employee with the remaining $2 million to be doled out over a period of five years. Um, people familiar with the deal uh, spoke on that. A WWE spokesperson said that the company is cooperating fully with the board inquiry and that the relationship with the ex-paralegal was consensual. He added that the company takes the allegations seriously and is dealing with them appropriately. Near the onset of the inquiry, lawyers for the independent directors asked WWE, Mr. McMahon and Mr. Laurinaitis to turn over uh, to turn over complaints or allegations about any relationships the executives may have had with the company's employees. Uh, one of the other people said in recent days, the investigations reportedly learned of one of the non-disclosure agreements involving allegations against Mr. McMahon and Laurinaitis. Mr. McMahon and Mr. Laurinaitis did not respond for requests for comment by the Wall Street Journal. In a letter to the Wall Street Journal, Mr. McMahon's attorney, Jerry McDevitt, said that the former paralegal hadn't made any claims of harassment against Mr. McMahon and that, I quote, WWE did not pay any monies to the ex-employee on her departure. There's a lot to get through there. We've still got quite yeah, a bit more to get through. Yeah, I mean, it's it's all come from Vince's pocket, hasn't it, the three million? Yeah. Um, I, I remember reading recently that Jerry McDevitt wanted to retire. That poor bastard getting fucking dragged into this. Getting dragged into to, this. <laughs> he, he's like fucking Mertar, a lethal weapon, isn't he? <laughs> Too old for this also shit. Well, to retire from the force, and then Vince just drops a fucking bomb on him like this. <laughs> um, I mean, some some of the stuff read like they're like handing her over like a toy to John Laurinaitis just made my flesh grow. Oh yeah. Jeez. Something tells me that Johnny Ace is going to be the fall guy for this. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, especially given given the fact that which we'll get to about the SmackDown appearance, which again was just fucking cringe, unnecessary, <laughs> just bad, bad taste. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, let's let's carry up. Keep the ball rolling on this one because there's a lot to sift through. Yeah. Um, Fightful gave an update on the situation saying WWE made their staff aware of the Wall Street Journal article and issued an internal email to many of their staff saying the Wall Street Journal has published a report about WWE with allegations that we and our board of directors take seriously. We are cooperating fully with the independent investigation initiated by our board of directors. WWE did not respond to comment when they were reached out by numerous reps for inquiries. Um, Fightful said that sources that we've spoken to even indicated that the alleged relationship between McMahon and the paralegal was suspected by many in the company and indicated that she was given a substantial pro- promotion around the time of April 2021's WWE cuts. We're told spe- specifically she was promoted from John Laronitis' assistant to a director role that spring. There hadn't been as much as, as a mention regarding this investigation when Fightful would prod WWE sources about Stephanie McMahon's departure or Nick Khan taking over her duties. We've also asked for clarity when Nia Jax tweeted on April 30th. It's a shame some people deserve to get the opportunity to shine like the star they really are. But unfortunately, certain higher-ups can never see past their own perverted ways. Too bad there there aren't the lucky ones who can use blackmail blackmail to keep their jobs. Random tweet. Um, And they they said there was no mention of this from WWE reps or higher-ups. Jax was dismissed as bitter on background. Uh, this would have been after the investigation had already started. Mm-hmm. Um, for those asking if Stephanie McMahon's absence is tied to this or if she had any knowledge of the allegation, 
She's on the company board and would have been made aware of the investigation, as would Triple H and Nick Khan. There was an immediate speculation that um, someone in the company intentionally leaked the information. John Laurinaitis was given back the spot as head of talent, the spot of head of talent relations, easy for me to say, in 2021, and immediately Fightful heard from female talent who express, expressed frustration and displeasure with the move. Completely we, separate. We spoke about that. When that came yeah. out, we just said, that doesn't sound like a good move at all. No. And given that he was like the guy who was hiring like sort of like swimsuit models and mm. girls and shit like that as uh, instead of over like actual like people with wrestling talent. Yeah. yeah. Uh, not that there's anything wrong with that. Some some people like that have become quite like quite talented within WWE and the wrestling industry. True. But, but given certain people's track record. <laughs> well, yeah. Um, <laughs> completely separate from his hiring practices, which many women uh, that they fightful spoke to felt were archaic. One followed up today on the condition of anonymity and said, I'd rather get all my shit sent to me in a trash bag when I get fired than have to deal with him, and neither are good options. Immediately, those that we spoke to in WWE, <laughs> that we spoke to in WWE on the condition of anonymity agreed on early assumptions that this is the biggest threat to Vince's power in WWE since the, the steroid trial nearly three decades ago. The same sources that Fightful spoke to with it with expected John Laurinaitis to be replaced before all is said and done, and one speculated that, that he is being set up as the latest fall guy for Vince. His turn in line was coming. Another male wrestler who was active in the 2000s and 2010s said there had been a long, had been long rumor, long been rumors of John Laurinaitis's alleged misconduct. A former writer had uh, had said it was an open suspicion in the mid 2000s. One former office employee said they believe this will be a domino effect and believes Vince McMahon will fight hard to stay, but doesn't see a situation in which Laurinaitis doesn't resign. It should be noted that neither McMahon or Laurinaitis have been charged with a crime in the situation, and as of now, there is no indication they will. Um, Poor boy. I mean, surely there's there is some kind of like certainly ethical, but I'd imagine there'd be some kind of legal thing in regards to this whole situation. You'd have thought so. Yeah, I mean, even. Even like the stuff where like the, the su suspected misconduct stuff, mm. like it's not even even if it's not like really been like proven or anything that there is the whole legal aspect of well, of course, is he the right person to keep in that position? Yeah, if yeah. been allegations previously made. Exactly, exactly. And the thing is, if it was I, any other company around the world, whether it was fucking Tesco's, ASDA, or a banking corporation, what have you, like it would be kind of clamped on immediate. And as you say, like that person in, in question would be, you know, removed. Yeah. But the wrestling, um, the wrestling business, as we saw with like the Ibushi and, um, uh, what's mm. the name? Kikuchi stuff. Like Kikuchi was skimming Ibushi's money and then he was in charge. Yeah. In charge of bookings and stuff like that. I was like, all right, what the fuck? <laughs> uh, it, wrestling is very much still a carny business. Yeah. Definitely. There's, there's, there's certainly like outliers where they're like, they're bringing in like better practices. Like I look at uh, obviously um, AW because Tony Khan's got like the whole sport background and already mm -hmm. he's kind of running it more like a sports franchise than a wrestling company. Yeah. 
but you do you do see like a lot of a lot of other companies that have been around a lot longer, the carny roots sort of come through every now and again. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, also, <clears throat> that male wrestler who was active in the 2000s and 2010s. You're hazarding a guess as to who that is. I think Pepsi Phil might have something to say about it. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. Pepsi Phil. <laughs> um, given given some of the like stuff that he kind of said in the pipe bomb, a lot of it was largely aimed at John Laurinaitis as being a piece of shit. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if CM Punk had... I, I don't know if he did, but I wouldn't be surprised. If it came out the Punk had said this, I'd be like, yeah. Of course he did. That, that doesn't surprise me <laughs> to the surprise all. tonight. To the, yeah. <laughs> he probably thinks it, let's be honest. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. He, probably, he probably does think that sentiment. <laughs> Uh, we'll, uh, we'll we'll bowl through, sticking with this uh, same uh, honking bit of news. Uh, WWE announced that Vince McMahon was voluntarily stepping down as CEO as a special committee of the WWE board is conducting an investigation into misconduct. Stephanie McMahon will serve as interim CEO and interim chairwoman just weeks after she stepped away from the company. In the hours that followed that, Fightful has spoken to well over a dozen employees, staff, talent, and former employees who have worked with the McMahons both close and at distance. Beyond Vince McMahon stepping down as CEO, he will retain his creative duties and actually appear uh, on this past week's episode of SmackDown in what CNBC claims is an in-character appearance. Um, At the time, Fightful had not confirmed the in-character aspect, the immediate reaction that Fightful got when speaking to people in the company was frustration, because of course it was, as several said that they viewed the move as largely superficial. Vince McMahon's personal responsibilities in running the company have dwindled in recent years as he's elected a team led by Nick Khan to carry WWE into the next generation. One talent said they saw Vince McMahon appearing on screen as a, quote, cheap ratings ploy in the middle of something serious and didn't expect much of a cancel cult, uh, sorry, expect much of the culture or presentation of WWE to change with, the McMahon, with McMahon still around and in creative control. Uh, another quote said, as long as Vince McMahon is still in control of his creative duties, nothing can change. What could possibly be different? If he asks something of, as Ste- of Stephanie as interim CEO, is, there, is she going to say no? One wrestler said. There are numerous sources across multiple departments in WWE who have stated to fight for that they will communicate to higher-ups and possibly Vince McMahon himself that appearing on screen in character isn't a good idea. One wrestler feared that McMahon would attempt to turn this into a Vince McMahon versus the world type narrative that existed after the steroid trial as seen in Stephanie McMahon's post 9-11 speech on SmackDown. However, the one source that we spoke to that was close to Vince McMahon now and during those eras agreed that this is the biggest threat to McMahon's power since the steroid trial. Fightful was told the same uh, that CNBC, uh, sorry, Fightful was told the same that CNBC was that the script for SmackDown was torn up, that we've learned some basic plans that are in store that will re- cross-reference after the show. Uh, as of early this afternoon, uh, as early as, um, sorry, as early this afternoon, so at time of this news breaking, which was Friday? Friday. Friday. It, it, Friday afternoon, yeah. That was it. Several people Fightful heard from were still waiting on the script. 
Um, they noted recently that Stephanie McMahon was finally removed from the internal production mailing list, but was added back by the next show. With her stepping back in, there was a lot of optimism from talent, specific, uh, specifically as she is, as she is well-liked by them. Uh, one top star said that they didn't really know what was going on, but they'd heard, in theory, Stephanie McMahon is my boss, and that fucking rules. One former employee that worked directly with Stephanie McMahon before her team was disbanded said the tone was always that she would be in that role eventually. She knows and breathes the business and she's seamless. They also noted that the narrative around the friction between Nick Khan and Stephanie McMahon wasn't something they'd personally experienced. A female talent talking to Fightful said that they think things can only get better from this point and was hopeful that both the investigation and Stephanie McMahon as interim CEO would lead to a better treatment for women in the company across the board. The talent went as far as to say they hope it results in women getting treated and paid equal to the men there. I imagine it won't change much, but I love Steph, so that's good, said another top talent. I imagine Vince keeps his position in creative and once the investigation is over, he'll take back take back if he can. Uh, nearly unanimously, staff, employees and talent expect John Laurinaitis to be gone from the company, though one said as long as Vince McMahon is around, he'll probably just come back unless, Vince, uh, unless he's Vince's scapegoat. Another talent said, from a creative aspect, I'm hoping that things change, but I doubt they will. From a business aspect, I'm hoping that things change, but I also still doubt they will. Really, the only thing that I can think of that will actually change is Johnny being fired, which will be nice. Stephanie is great. Christ, this is damning. Um, Stephanie is great, but I doubt she's going to suddenly be on the board with healthcare and guaranteed contracts. As far as talent go, on Wednesday, they were briefed and told the Wall Street Journal has published a report about WWE with allegations that we and our board of directors take seriously. We're cooperating fully with the investigation. Um, there was then a follow-up message that said, in the meantime, it's business as usual. Vince will be at TV this Friday. Thank you. A message was sent to WWE staff this morning, so again on Friday, from Stephanie McMahon stating, I'll be returning from my leave of absence and assuming the role of interim chairwoman and CEO. I love our company. I'm excited to continue to work with our president and chief revenue officer, Nick Khan, and our financial and administrative officer, Frank Riddick. And of course, I look forward to working with all of you. My door is always open. Well, well then. Well then. Um, <laughs> So the, there's one really interesting takeaway about this that can't be ignored, which is that with Steph, well, first of all, I, I do think Stephanie McMahon will change a lot of like the presentation of women, a lot. Of, yeah. I don't, I don't think she'll do anything as far as like the stuff that people cry out for, like, Give them actual contracts. Stop make referring to them as independent contractors. Mm. Give them healthcare. Give them all this. Give them that. I, I think she she's been kind of like almost conditioned to have that pay, that view that Vince has on that issue. Yeah. As like she's come through the company mm-hmm. from being like like a death right, isn't it? Yeah. Um. The the thing that is very interesting is that. Obviously, Vince has got a lot of his kind of cronies around him, like Brother Love, Johnny Ace, etc., etc. Stephanie was the one to oust them last time. Mm. Stephanie, <laughs> Stephanie, basically released Bruce Pritchard from his contract, um, and he he's, he he hates her. He, he said like she fucking ousted me. She she gave me this, give me that, blah blah blah. Mm. Um, very interesting listening on his podcast. His his view of 
Stephanie McMahon side of the events, but yeah, she she was the reason he left WWE in the first place. Yeah. Um and Johnny Ace again, like Air and Triple H probably probably uh, don't really like him, I <laughs> I'd imagine. Um yeah. I, I mean he is a slimy fucker. Aye. <laughs> um so I'd be intrigued to see if she like I mean, surely if she's in from CEO, she's still CEO. She's still got like higher and firing power, isn't she? Surely, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it'll it'll be an interesting kind of statement of intent as to what how things are going to change here. Mm-hmm. Is if if Stephanie is going to be like literally just ruling with Nyan first, getting rid of all the fucking the people that should be getting they should be getting rid of. Yeah, yeah. Um, or if like she's just going to be a puppet for Vince, which I don't think she. Yeah, I don't think she will be, but I definitely think that there's a reason why she's been put in that position and not Nick Khan. Okay, and that's because I think that might be because Vince is obviously going to be able to swear on things if he wants. If there's something where he's like, mm. "Look, actually, can you do this instead?" Mm. Um, it, she's going to be easily. It's easier for him to sway someone who. Is in his family than it is Nick Khan, who's like the guy who's just risen through the company. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and I think I think as well it speaks a lot to the fact that um that Vince has put well, I say Vince that Stephanie has assumed the position of interim CEO in the sense that it, it sort of sends the message of oh yeah that this is always going to stay in the family. Yeah. And again, that's not to take anything away from Stephanie. She's absolutely risen through the company. Mm-hmm. She's in, but also we've all kind of speculated it was it was her and Triple H that were going to be running the company when Vince mm-hmm. goes. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, uh, Nick Khan's a bit of a spanner in the works there. But... <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just give fucking Triple H Bruce Pritchard's job. Yeah, it's easy. He's, He's there. Been he was doing the fuck Lord's work when he was running NXT Block and Yellow. Mm-hmm. Black, and, black and gold, yeah, yeah. None of this 2.0 bollocks. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I just just give him give him control. Yeah, simple as. Ste- Stephanie run the business side. I've Hunter run the fucking wrestling side of it. Mm. That that's what I do, but it's not my company, is it? Um, <laughs> oh joy, I get to talk about this bit. Um, <laughs> Vince appeared on SmackDown in a very blase appearance. That's that's fucking that's to say the least, isn't it? Uh, <laughs> Putting it lightly, like, eh? I've also like got some reactions to that. Um, saying several WWE talent reached out to Fightful after Vince McMahon's SmackDown appearance. Some additional notes on the segment: it wasn't featured on the internal internal full script as of five thirty Eastern. All the rundown they gained access to at seven fifty PM. Eastern uh, SmackDown starts at 8 p.m. Right. Um, I believe. Um, one person suggested that the segment did not ha- did not happen as originally planned the, that morning. Uh, Vince was said to have been a good in a good mood backstage and not outward, outwardly reacting to the investigation. Um, business as usual was the term constantly refer- reiterated backstage. Few knew what Vince was going to say to kick off the show. Happened was Vince McMahon effectively explaining the then now forever together tagline, saying "Welcome to SmackDown" and throwing the microphone. Reactions that Fightful received received unsolicited 
range from confused to disappointed to enraged. <laughs> but a top talent immediately contacted Fightful and said it was tone deaf and embarrassing and believed it was his way of putting himself on the screen as a power move to lessen the impact of an investigation's findings. Cody Rhodes, a former top wow. talent who left. That's <laughs> got to be Cody. That's really? Max of Cody. Um, <laughs> a former top talent who left the company said that I'm happy it didn't last long so I didn't have to sit through whatever bullshit he was going to say, but it shows that he has no accountability, especially when something is directly his fault, said Bray Wyatt. Um, wow. I, I, I'm just <laughs> speculating. I don't know if these people are. I'm just speculating here. Um, right. <laughs> finally, a person who had worked with Vince said they were enraged by the appearance and were hopeful that this was the type that this was the type of situation. Um, the person, the person source was backstage at the show and said that they were incredulous watching it unfold. I mean, it was that, fucking uh, awkward. Have you have you seen it? I I watched it live. Yes. Um, Rather you than me, pal. I I well I. It, I mean, I did most of the whole fucking show. I literally just just turned it on for that because I couldn't right. sleep. Okay. And then was like, wow, he fucking did that, did he? That's, that's, that's a minute um, of my time, a minute of my life I'm not getting back. <laughs> and then I, I proceeded to watch all the fucking stand-up for WWE stands just to, like saying, oh yeah, I'm in this with Vincent Mann and then all the other people going, no, I'm not. Why, why would you be... <laughs> Like it's it is like these fucking brainwash some of these people, isn't it? Yeah, this this was really awkward. I I watched it the next day, and I saw a lot of people having a proper whinge on like Twitter and stuff afterwards, being like, "Oh, what the fuck was that? Oh, I can't believe I stayed up and watched that." Blah, blah, blah. Like, okay, realistically, I, what were you expecting him to come out and say? <laughs> what, I, I was, what would have made that not disappointing for you? Not you, but the, you know these I, people that were saying it was shit. Yeah, I mean, it, I, I think he should have... Personally, I think he should have just not done it. Yeah, same. Agreed. If he's going to if he's gonna say something about the whole thing and he's going to make it... Like, let's face it, it was a fucking cheap, cheap tactic to boost race ratings. Yeah, him, it was. Him being on TV in the wake of this absolutely was. Mm-hmm. We all know it. This was fucking trans, transparent and toned up as it could have yeah, been. Absolutely. Um, for, for me, I think... If he's going to address it, he should actually, like you know, like a fucking actual human being, not mm-hmm. the, not the fucking thing, whatever he is, detached from fucking reality at this point. <laughs> like he's probably far more machine than man at this point, isn't he? <laughs> uh, but yeah, just if he's going to address it, address it properly. Like mm. take accountability, take take responsibility for your actions. And say, mm. look, yeah, I did that wasn't the most ethical thing, wasn't the right thing to do. Let's see what the company says. They mm. want to fire me, they fire me. It, at the end of the day, it's Vince trying to fucking Vince's way in it, the be, being in a massive carny. For me, what would have made it better was if he had to come out with like a neck brace on like he did during the steroid trial. <laughs> that would have, and I would like flanked by like Shane, Stephanie and Linda. Um, that popped you, would it? That would have popped the shit out of me. I knew it <laughs> that's just me trying to make light of this horrible situation. <laughs> and no way do I endorse anything that WWE has done in this. By the way, I just, just want to make that clear. I just, <laughs> I just would have found it funny if he had a call with the Netflix on, <laughs> like the steroid trail. Um, 
he was very oh. adamant on when he delivered the the, the the tagline then now and more importantly or most importantly together like but it it's literally like he was expecting a fucking thank you Vince champ wasn't it mm. they piped in the cheers for him yeah they did because there was there was very little reaction in terms of physical uh, reaction rather they, from fans. Whenever, whenever they like got the camera on someone who looked really awkward, they quickly changed it to someone who was like, "Yeah, Vince McMahon." Yeah. Um, and then when he was leaving, they very quickly like cut to black because he was about to cry. Do you reckon that's why they cut to black? Well, no, probably people start booing, but you know. no. <laughs> that's I, why I, he was about to cry. I was, I was shocked. <laughs> But he wasn't getting like booed. Mm. But then I saw a very interesting take from a David Bixen span who is always very insightful on shit like this, mm-hmm. where he said the crowd, the energy of the crowd feel that um feel that either they don't want to see this creepy bastard or they're just happy they've got the ticket and they're there now and they just want the creepy bastard to leave the ring. <laughs> <laughs> that was like the two kind of things. Like, yeah. yeah. I pretty much summed it up, did it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. I, I'm shocked he didn't get booed though, unless it was getting like, unless it was getting like piped in. I think it'd be interesting to see. Like, I, I haven't seen any, but like, you know, some fan footage and stuff like that, and you'd hear the actual well, reaction. Interestingly, there's none. Is there not? I've I've literally searched like I searched before we recorded this, just in case something come out. Mm. I searched immediately after. I searched like the the following day. There's nothing there on some whether WWE are like either pulling sweets or whether people just didn't think to record it. Someone in there's recorded. I think the WWE fucking algorithm bots are working overtime. Yeah. <laughs> Interestingly, as well, the only video that WWE has ever put on YouTube and disabled comments on is that one. Really? Yeah. Oh wow! Because they knew that it would be fucking minefield. Mm-hmm. As I say, you'd have all the fucking stand up for WWE fucking people. To use that term loosely, um, <laughs> all the fucking mouth breathers who think Vince McMahon's like fucking god and like there's some untouchable like mafioso, <laughs> and then you'd have you'd have like all the people like us who are like. Yeah, I think it's time Vince one goes. <laughs> then you'd have the other side of it, all the fucking AEW militants, like, yeah, ban the witch. <laughs> like, oh, just Jesus. Absolutely minefield. What what so what what's what's your take on it? What do you what do you think? Do you think it's just my mine is I think it he just needs to go, doesn't he? He does. And that's that's in my fairness, take. People have been saying that for years and years, like doesn't need to be there, needs to go just, you know, slope off into retirement, let someone else carry on with it. I think this is the nail in the coffin. See, I don't. I think I think he's going to find a way. Because I remember when, um, I don't know, have you seen the uh, Dark Side of the Ring on the steroid trail? No, not yet. So one of the, the kind of, um, the kind of like statement that come out of it was, Vince thought it would literally take like an act of God to like for him to not lose this. Fucking hell. And then it was literally like there was like one like discrepancy where it was like, oh yeah, that's off that's off smoking gun right there. Right. 
Um, like to the to the point where because Vince was so like adamant that he was going to end up getting arrested, he put like a, a basically like a crew in place who were going to run it. He'd he'd basically be like giving them like news from prison, like oh yeah, to do this, do this, sign this person, so and so. Obviously, yeah. to obviously where he could because he wouldn't be able to watch the product from prison. Mm. Um, but yeah, like Jerry Jarrett was basically put in like putting in like an interim position where he was going to be running the company. Good which saddens me that we didn't get an era where Jeff Jarrett was WWE champion. <laughs> Listen up, slap nuts. Doing his great <laughs> TNA. <laughs> years earlier. Crying <laughs> oh, shame. It, what's interesting <clears throat> is that Jarrett's like quite high up in the company, isn't he, at the moment? He is now, yeah. Like, imagine, imagine if Jeff Jarrett had got, the, had got like power. No, <laughs> I don't want to. <laughs> I, I want WWE to become TNA. Oh God, TNA 2.0. Stephanie's Jeff's new Dixie. <laughs> the cowards. Ah, Christ. Well, obviously the more this unfolds over the, the weeks and months, uh, we'll keep discussing it on here. Some but... tells me we're going to be talking about this a lot over the next coming weeks. Yes, absolutely. But then that being said, I thought the same about MJF, and that's gone very quiet all of a sudden. Well, I mean, it might not have gone quiet. It's just this has overshadowed it. <laughs> oh, I mean, it's, it has gone quiet. Like, has it? Okay. Complete radio silence on that one. All right. Fair enough. Yeah. Well, let's move on. Um, as I say, we'll, we'll discuss that over the coming weeks and months as, as it unfolds. Um Fightful Select have reported that Randy Orton could miss the remainder of 2022. They've learned that Orton has been dealing with a back injury for quite some time to the point that he actually actually had to uh, actually had work done to improve his condition before the tag team unification match, though we aren't sure of the extent of the work that was done. We're told that things had gotten progressively worse and that WWE fears that Orton will be forced to undergo a surgery. WWE sources that we spoke to said that if that happens, Autumn would likely be out of action for the rest of 2022. Thus far, the exact injury is unknown. Fightful was told that Randy Orton isn't factored into creative plans for WWE at the moment after being slated for a huge role this summer. Orton appeared on a recent internal injury report for the company and has been off television since the title loss to the Usos on May the 20th. His former tag partner Riddle has been removed from the title program. Uh, sorry, has been moved into the title program with Roman Reigns, um, and they were told that, that was pitched for Orton. As of last month, Orton had been pitched and heavily figured into SummerSlam plans, which are now in question, to say the least. Apparently, the original plan for SummerSlam called for Roman Reigns versus Randy Orton, but Orton's injury situation led that needing to be changed to Brock Lesnar. Speaking of Lesnar, Fightful also say that word of his return only ran around backstage at 5pm last Friday as he wasn't listed on the internal rundowns handed out just before SmackDown. Orton's former tag partner Riddle faced Roman Reigns on this past week's SmackDown uh, Fightful, which if you haven't watched actually, was a really good match. Really, really, really enjoyed that. Uh, Orton's former tag partner uh, yeah, faced uh, Reigns on SmackDown. Uh, Fightful reached out to Orton directly. Uh, and WWE in an official capacity, but didn't hear back. We've not heard of an injury taking place thus far, and wilder things have happened. Sorry, we've not heard of a surgery taking place thus far, and wilder things have happened, 
than a surprise recovery, but WWE has already put alternative creative plans in place. Randy Orton's someone that very, very rarely goes off through injury, isn't it? I don't remember the last time he was off for kind of an extended amount of time with injury, at least. I know he um, went off for a bit, maybe was it last year, but that was just kind of general time off, wasn't it? Because it was a lot of family pictures and stuff like that. But the last any was, injury. There was when he went into that feud with Jeff Hardy, he came back from like, I don't know, it was just a heal up minor injuries. Nobody ended up taking like six months off. Was that when they had their Hell in a Cell match? Yeah. Yeah. So that was, uh, what, two, three years ago? More Maybe than that. Five? Like 2018. Oh, okay. It was like so 2018. Good, good while ago then. Yeah. Um, and then prior to that, it would have been like when he was in that feud with Edge, um, he separated the shoulder. Mm-hmm. And then he, yeah. like, was that or was it more long than that? He's had the thing with, with Randy is whenever he does take time off, it's usually because it's like a serious injury. It's never mm-hmm. like, like a niggle it's never it. it's never like just to like heal niggling injuries. He generally seems to work through them quite well. Mm. Um, it's a shame, man. He's been doing some awesome work. Like I know a lot of people are still maybe on the fence or one side a bit of the, the stuff with Riddle, but I really started to enjoy that, and I think it was really starting to bring out a lot of what Riddle can do and, and people that weren't necessarily kind of a fan of him, certainly warm to him with the work that he did with Orton. And I know Orton was very vocal about coming out saying how much he was enjoying working with Riddle over the last six months to a year. I was waiting for Randy to punk at him. Mm. So that was I know for. a lot of people said it was going to be the eventual uh, Orton heel turn. However, I was the other side of that and said, I'd quite like to see a Riddle heel turn. I think that would be quite compelling. Whilst, whilst, I mean- He's not the most likable people, is he? <laughs> be real, though. Whilst Orton, I, I think, always works better as a heel, his face run has been very entertaining. But yeah, I, I think <clears throat> a riddle heel run would create some intrigue for me. But um, yeah, that's a shame to hear. Um, the likelihood, the, the remainder of this year for Orton um, really is a shame. But maybe a, a rumble appearance if, if that is to be the case i mean it sounds like we might get a few surprise returns for the well, rumble with, with various people out injured one other thing i forgot to put into the news which i'll i'll just touch on now but now you've mentioned that is uh obviously cody yeah yeah and they're talking about um having his return be at the rumble like triple h's in 2002 where mm-hmm. like they built it up and built it up for weeks and it's like yeah. triple h back and then, like he came, he came when he came back. It was like obvious he was he was no one else was winning that rumble. Yeah, but it was just like it was like you could tell he'd strapped the rocket to him, and like mm-hmm. this was huge. I, th- I think to be fair, I think they've done a credit where it's due. I think they've done a fantastic job of making Cody Rhodes like the guy who's going to dethrone Roman. They have, they have. Right. When I remember when we were talking. Um, it's been around the rumble, wouldn't it? And we were like, feasibly, who's going to beat Roman? Mm. And obviously, it was kind of up in the air about Cody, whether he was going to go to WWE or not. Mm-hmm. Um, it was very, and then obviously we were, we all had our doubts. Like, they're not going to they're not going to present Cody as like any kind of like a top guy, are they? Because 
They of never thought of like that previously. Um, but yeah, if, I think the rumble, as far as returns go, is going to be very cool. I think mm. they've got the potential. Uh, the uncle, uncle to Holly, I think it was today actually. It's a day or yesterday, anyway. Or well, today or Saturday, sorry, I should say. Uh, he he made a really interesting pitch where he said Rollins should win money in the bank. Cody should win the rum, come back home in the rumble. Ah, beat beat Roman and then the roar either at, straight after the match or the roar after Mania. Have Rollins cash in. Oh, oh, and then have Cody chasing Rollins after finally like realizing his dream. And we, we revisit their feud again, which I wouldn't be disappointed with because their their three matches, like their Hell in a Cell match, was left. fantastic. I haven't watched it. I oh. keep meaning to check oh. it out. It, it, it's on my list of things to watch. I've just not had the fucking lot of time. Best story up, mate. We'll be doing our, our favorite matches of the first six months of the year soon. It could well, well be on uh, there. I've got I've got I've got a list of matches I need to watch. Aye. That. Don't you worry. <laughs> don't you worry there's a list of things I need to check out for that for that fav- favour from the last six months man's <laughs> but yeah it, it, as I say they've done a very good job of kind of presenting Cody as being the guy to dethrone Rome and I I almost get the impression that they would have done it at Clash of the Castle I feel like it would be Drew the reason a Clash yeah at Clash. So Give Drew his big look. moment. He he didn't win the big one in front of a crowd, did he, when he beat Brock? Yeah, but he's he, also pulled off a fucking lot. He's what? Cool, I'll call up, yeah. Cool. Well, let him win money in the bank, isn't it? Nah, Rollins is winning that. Nah. That, right. that money in the bank has got Seth Rollins written all over it. He's <laughs> got like, ugly peacock feathers and sequins and <laughs> Probably have one of those like rainbow, like fading into like white things uh, going down it. A couple of polka dots just to, like product Cody. <laughs> Don't worry, he's gonna have no gaudy fucking briefcase ever. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I think I think Drew, like everyone called off on him when he started doing story time with Drew, didn't he? Mm. I know, oh, I yeah, did. yeah, I forgot about that. I don't know, I, I feel, with Drew, I feel like even though they could, even though they could quite easily, like, propel him into the main event scene, uh, again, I feel as if, he, as I say, he's definitely, like, lost a lot of steam. Yeah, I like, agree. They'd, they'd actually have to put, like, a lot of work into getting him back to the main event scene for me. So what happens Whereas, when you get banged at a few but fucking Corbin and Moss for six months. Don't worry about it. <laughs> um, <laughs> So, you know what? You know what? We're really getting a clash of the castle, don't you, mate? Go on. Drew vs Tyson Fury. It's fucking happening. Oh God. Oh no. Or maybe it's like a, a make way Drew versus KSI. Oh God, no. Just imagine Aaron having the fucking meltdown. Who's he going to support there? Drew because Scotland or his boy KSI because he makes his vodka that he likes. <laughs> anyway. Um, Let's let's talk about Roman Reigns, shall we? Because it it very much feels like he's got that belt hostage now, doesn't it? Or belts, I should say, because he's got two. Um. <laughs> so, dear old Davy Meltzer, 
as noted that Universal Champion, Roman Reign, well, WWE World Universal Champion, Unified or whatever, it's the UU, um, Champion, Roman Reigns, is only scheduled to appear just one, just, just one episode of Raw uh, for the entire summer. And that's the July 25th at Madison Square Garden. Um, WrestleVotes added, according to a source, the creative decision to unify the titles was with the understanding that it would allow Roman Reigns to appear on both shows more regularly. Maybe that wasn't the best decision. Um, you've muted yourself there, dear. Can't hear. I can't hear. I can't. Hear. Right, technical difficulty sorted. Where were we? Um, well, it's it's funny, really, because we just said that as as I said, maybe it's not the best decision. They unified the belts and gave them to Roman and then gave him a new contract where he doesn't have to work as many dates. Oh, so, man. Play silly games. Win silly prizes. Just, uh, oh, yeah, cool. It's just daft. Time it, isn't it? You are sorry? It's time he drops it, isn't it? It is now. Like, it's... The novelty's worn off a little bit. I'd have said, I'd have said, I'm dropping it to SummerSlam. I reckon they're gonna draw it out till Mania. Please no. Well, if he's doing a Brock schedule, the, the, as I say, the best, the best case scenario would be draw it out till Mania. Have Cody win the Rumble, Cody take it off him, and then it, Cody's a guy who's gonna want to stick around and want to work. Every fucking show he can, he will. Yeah, he's in it for wrestling. He's not just in it for like for fucking future Hollywood deals with his cousin Dwayne. Do you not think we're getting Roman and and Rocket Mania? Then it's in Hollywood. Every like it's been the chat for like what the last two three years. I suppose they could feasibly just take the belt off Roman. And then just a Roman Rock is like a grudge match. And it'll also be the main event anyway, even if it isn't the belt. Oh, yeah, poor Cody. It'll be, it'll be main event of night two. They'll close with that, won't they? Yeah. And I'd All be happy the- to have Cody, whoever, with the belt, close out night one. To be fair, they could have Roman defend the belt on night one and then do like the surprise, like the Kevin Owens stone holding. Oh, what, where, where The Rock, Rock comes out? Roman comes out and, like, demands a rematch and then The Rock comes out and they have a match. Oh. Yeah, and then that, that makes that more because he'll... And also, he could make the mistake of already getting the iron tattoo. <laughs> so, hang on. We've we've just discussed an article about Roman working fuck-all dates. You really think he's going to do two nights of Mania back-to-back? Yeah, he'll do two nights of Mania. Okay, cool. Just, just, uh, just, just one, just one raw a year though. Yeah, don't worry about it. <laughs> or rather, one raw for the summer. The, the, the reason he's probably not worked any pay per view since Mania is that the bank and up fucking Roman appearances, so we'll work both mate, nights to Mania next year. <laughs> don't worry, you'll be well rested ahead of Mania, mate. <laughs> the same, saving them up like fucking food stamps, mate. Come on. Ah, <laughs> uh, right. Let's move on. Um, more massive news. According to a report from Rajgiri, 
WWE has released Sasha Banks. He does not state whether this was a company decision or done at the behest of Banks. Fightful proceeded to provide updates. For those asking about Rajgiri's report of Sasha Banks being released, here's what we know. Sean Ross Stapp spoke with Giri hours prior, who informed him of the claims of Banks' release. Fightful reached out to numerous WWE reps, one of which got back to us and stated, not that I've heard in regards to the release. They confirmed later that they saw Giri's tweet, but didn't comment beyond that. Thus far, nobody in WWE has explicitly shot it down. They've just said that they haven't heard about it. This is as it pertains to talent, front office, public relations, and staff. If Sasha Banks has been released, the company has kept it very quiet. Contacts close to talent relations were unaffair, una, unaware of a release as of 8 p.m. Eastern. Uh, Fightful exhausted a number of resources this afternoon and weren't able to find anyone who could confirm or deny the release had happened. We will continue exhausting those resources as this is a huge story. To claim, again, unverified by any of us as yet were that Banks' lawyers were involved and that there had been eyes on a physical WWE release. Thus far, Sasha Banks remains on the roster page of WWE.com and there haven't been any internal memos sent out to staff as of 1 a.m. Eastern uh, last week on June 16th to remove her from the website roster or other pages there was an urgent email sent out earlier this week to a live event venue to remove her from advertising as she was no longer part of the event we've also not heard of any talent relation memos being sent to talent who are often notified of releases uh, regarding the perceived value of banks andrew zarian explained that wwe views sasha as someone who they can quote clone in their minds, they could clone Sasha with somebody else and have her fit in that role and no with no problem. It's now a role you're playing. It's a role with mid-card level actors, he added. Everybody's a mid-card actor except for Roman or Brock, Lesnar or Cody Rhodes. Those guys are the stars. Uh, Russell Votes later reported uh, and confirmed that, sorry, later confirmed the report tweeting the word backstage was spat down tonight is that the report from Rajgiri is indeed accurate. According to multiple sources, Sasha Banks has been released from her WWE contract. So it's it's still not confirmed, even at time of recording. And a lot of this info was what came out at the back end of last week. So I've still not seen anything. And we're, this, is, this is, what, Monday the 20th, and there's still been no official word. But for the most part of last week, most people so were convinced she had been. Yeah, so I've just done a little search just to see if there's any been any updates that we've kind of like slipped through the radar. And there was. Um so there is a Reddit user called Kermit, um, like the frog. Um and he, they were the first person to break the, the Cody news that Cody had signed. Okay. So they are they are like an inside sort of they've had a few like kind of a few things where they've got them like pretty much bang to right. Right. And they said confirmed Sasha Banks released some weeks ago. Wow. So there's the possibility that she's been released and maybe uh, they're just keeping her on the thing while she's like under a, a release like a release close or then. That seems like a weird thing though. Because yeah. uh, they're usually fairly vocal and open and forthcoming on who they've However, released in, in the same week. 
that this whole thing with Vince and everything's come out. They've had him yeah. come on TV and guess what? Whilst it was for kind of a, a cheap pop on ratings, like that's what I mean, they've had bigger fish to fry and publicize in the release of one of the top talents. Mm. And also, lest we forget, look at Pac. They never announced him. He just turned up on the fucking in Japan True. one day. Yeah, 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 yeah. They never, they never officially announced that he, they released him. He just, he Not just showed up one day. Was like surprise, surprise, motherfucker. Yeah, surprise, yeah. bastard. What um, do you reckon to this then? Her leaving. Um, I think. I mean, she's someone who's clearly loves wrestling. She's got a lot of ideas that she like. She's quite seemed quite creative as far as what she wants to do, and she never gets given the opportunities to kind of pursue it in WWE mm. I think that she's it's going to be interesting whether she demands like a high asking price or not because that's the, that's one thing we hear when like there's talent of that kind of caliber that leave mm. WWE is that like they've got quite a high asking price and sometimes it gets the bump like Bray Wyatt for example um, other times like you can kind of say oh yeah well that would make sense. Um, I I can see her. I know a lot of people probably think she's going to go straight to AEW. And I think, I know Big Tasty said, it, it's the most logical thing. Sasha goes to AEW, give her the belt. Just just have a, have a show up, the throne from the Rosa, and then let her, let her kind of prove why she's mm. a fucking star. Mm. Which, don't get me wrong, does make sense. I think she's going to go to Japan first. I thought that. Because she's been very vocal about mm. wanting to Japan. Yeah. She's been very vocal about how much she admires Mako Satomura. Yeah. And I think that one of the things that she was very frustrated about was she was originally meant to go to NXT UK for, for a match with mm-hmm. Kaylee and or Mako Satomura. And then yeah. the pandemic kind of railed that. Mm-hmm. And then sort of lost interest in ever doing it again. Um, and I think the way that she can kind of not wrestle Mako Satomura because that would involve her obviously going to WWE or Mako leaving WWE at this point Um, but the way she can kind of scratch that itch is if she does show up in like a stardom or a Mm -hmm. Tokyo Joe Pro or Pro Wrestling Diana or whatever Um, and I could I could see her probably rocking up in stardom for example yeah where they've got like that new japan money mm-hmm. they've got them what they've certainly got the money to pay her to do do it for japan i'd love uh, to see that i think she'd do some fucking great work there yeah it's not that, not to say i wouldn't want to see her in aw because i absolutely would and i think in a, in a women's division where they're kind of hampered by the fact that they only really have like Britt Baker and the only person getting close to that level of like star power at the moment is Jade Cargill. <clears throat> Are you like just ignoring like Athena? Well, no. Let, let me let me kind of clarify that. Okay. I mean, as far as far like homegrown as, talent. No, as far as far as like people who feel like stars, Athena 
feels like a star, but she feels like she's still got a shit ton of work to do to establish herself within AEW. I see, I see. Where, yeah. Whereas, like, in, in the kayfabe sense of it, you've got Britt, you've got Jade, who's, like, slightly underneath, maybe got Thunder Rosa up there, mm-hmm. but then she's not really done a great deal since she's won the title. Mm. Everyone else feels like they're kind of, like, building or rebuilding. Mm. Whereas if you get Mercedes Venado in that in that women's division, it's an instant shot in the arm. People know yeah. who she is. Yeah. Even even people who don't know her WWE work, not that there's many people who don't like that know it or know of like that, but there are. They'll at least probably go, oh, she's the girl from the Mandalorian. I know it. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> like that. That's the other thing. Like she she may not even go back to wrestling. I think she will, but because the whole reason she left was because, or that she walked out in the first place was because she felt like the women's tag team titles, which was something she fought for, yeah. being misrepresented, and she felt like she like she wasn't being used correctly. Mm. But I, the other thing is that she's got mainstream appeal now. Yeah, John, John Favreau wrote that role in The Mandalorian for her. <laughs> nice. For, for her to be cast in that role. That's cool. There's talks, there's already talk like that they might do a spin-off of from the Mandalorian, including her character as one of like the main characters. So the, there's definitely it, it's definitely a situation where she's bigger than WWE at this point, not the other way around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um but yeah, I'm either way, I think I'm very interested to see where she ends up. She's insanely talented what do you um, think to the comment in there about <clears throat> uh what was it just to go back through um in their minds they could clone sasha with somebody else and have her fit that role it's a role that they're playing a role with mid-level actors so they they think they could just drop someone else into that. i mean they did it with bray and alexa bliss didn't they hmm that's that's their viewpoint of it. It's a very arrogant viewpoint that they can kind of chop and change. It's it's like when you recast someone in a TV show and you can, like, people know it's not the same actor or actress, but the TV show doesn't ever acknowledge it. Yeah. Never. Like, like I'm, I'm Viv from The Fresh Prince when she changed, like, in the third season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She looked fuck all like other I'm Viv and it was like, wait, hang on a minute. What's <laughs> going on here? <laughs> why, why, why isn't Will like onto the fact that his auntie looks completely different from what she did? <laughs> like a foot smaller. <laughs> why, why is Uncle Phil living this lie that his wife's completely changed? <laughs> that's 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 just a very TV way of looking at it, a very Hollywood way of looking at it. Mm. It's a very arrogant WWE way of looking at it. Yeah, yeah. For lack of a better term. Yeah. Uh, as I say, they, they tried to do it with the Fiend and Alexa. Mm. They released Brian and they put Alexa in that role. Mm. Like, it's not completely out of the ordinary for WWE to try and do this thing. Even look back in the 90s when Kevin Nash and Scott Hall left and they had Jim Ross come out with fake Razor and fake Diesel. Oh, Christ. Like, well, that that's the point, I'm making. Mm. Mm. That was that was Vince's Vince's reaction doing that was him going, well, 
they're they're my characters. Like I don't need those two to play them. I can mm. have anyone play them. <laughs> can it's, you? I pal. <laughs> I mean, what happened? What happened to that guy you played, Fake Diesel? Don't worry about it. Okay. Um, moving on. <laughs> Speaking of another person who's uh, leaving, the WWE page revealed on its Twitch that WWE will not be extending her contract, which expires July the seventh. She also did allude to the fact that she feels one hundred percent, which mm. makes that she's going to go the Brian Danielson route and get another doctor to try and yeah. But... I would like. Providing everything is 110% cleared and okay with her, I would absolutely love to see her back in the ring. When did she retire? Was it 2018? Uh, let me have a look. It's been a, it's been a couple of years, hasn't it? And it's been a fair few years, I. A couple of years. April 9th, 2018. Okay. How long was Edge off with his neck? Because his neck was similar in a similar state to his. Uh, 2011. And he came back, what, 2021? So 10 years? 2020. No, 20, so nine years. Yeah. And he, he said that he felt his neck was in good shape like two years prior to that. Mm. I mean, in theory, she could, she, she could be back soon. Mm. Booker T on his like proper de- propaganda podcast he has was like where it's like if if you're not with WWE you're scum. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, you know he knew something he said about Adam Cole the other day. Uh, oh, yeah. what did he say against your baby? He was just saying, oh yeah, he could do with putting some muscle on, and I was just thinking, well, you never said that when he was in NXT. All right, his body's not changed that much. Fair. Yeah. But uh, yeah, um, he he said, "Oh yeah, I think she's going to be wrestling sooner rather than later, uh, probably against the against the someone's best like interest or something." I was like, "Oh shit!" But I just wind up. We all know you've got a fucking like thirty year contract with WWE, <laughs> a lifetime contract. Yeah. Uh, I, I'd, I'd, as I said, I'd, I'd absolutely love to Provided see her back. Fit, I'd like to see her back. I'd, I'd, to be honest, one thing I really would like to see her doing, if she's not like 100%, um, a brother's been doing, making a few appearances for progress. Rest, manager. manager, yeah. Ricky Knight Jr. Yeah. Or he's, a, a, he's at the next progress nephew. show. Yeah. Is it her nephew? I think it's her nephew. It's not a brother. Yeah. So, brother of the the UK hooligans, they're a bit older. Ricky Knight Jr. is a bit younger. I think it's her cousin. Well, sorry, yeah. Uh, nephew, nephew. Yeah, yeah. yeah I've, I've, heard, I've heard him manage him. That'd be ace. Love that. Yeah. In fact, contract expires July the seventh. When's the next progress show? July twenty seventh. No, July twenty fourth. Twenty four seven. Make come up. Keep up. Over. Right. Listen, mouth. <laughs> Prick. Anyway, let's move on. Ball bag. <laughs> Dear old Davey Meltzer, the wrestling observer has reported that Troy Two Dimes Donovan was released by WWE after violating the wellness policy. Oh, no, not a wellness policy. Oh, no, it is wellness policy. It appears that he's found a drug test. Yeah, uh, Johnny Ace, which pro- I mean, that's probably not too good for him now that he said this, but Johnny, uh, come back in a year. <laughs> what? 
<laughs> he's like, reapply for, for your job in a year. You might get, we might bring you back. Wow. He'd only been about for a hot minute. He was part of uh, Tony D'Angelo's, the house oh. of D'Angelo, well, not the house of D'Angelo. I can't remember what they're calling it now. The family. Apparently D'Angelo family. He was all right. Yeah. He'd, um, he'd also appeared on AEW, though. Mm-hmm. Tagged in your boy, Ricky Shane Page. Aye. Against Good. Paul White. Yeah. Uh, moving on, mate. Yeah. Um, Brian Hebner revealed, unfortunately, that uh, Dave Hebner, twin brother of Ale, has passed away. Um, PW Insider reported that he'd been battling Parkinson's disease. Um, on an, un- an unrelated note, uh, Brian revealed that he's retiring after Slammiversary 2022. See the thing him and Ale did? Yeah, with the hands up in uh, the middle of the ring. Oh. Yeah. So uh, it was on on Slammiverse. Really, did Team Impact versus Team Honor No More? It was mm. like the actual Ring of Honor guys who were doing the invasion. And then mm. oh, Tony bought Ring of Honor. Kind of like, oh, oh, God. never mind. Um, <laughs> and I believe Brian Hebner took a ref bump, and then Al Kick was in the front row, jumped in, took a shirt off, had the ref shirt underneath, and uh, counted the three counts. Awesome. And then they both pointed up to Dave. Yeah, really That's nice. Sweet. Lovely moment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, terrible news. Um, real shame. Real shame. Um, and unfortunately, uh, another former WWE referee uh, passed away at time recording, literally only yesterday. Uh, Tim White passed away as well. Uh, really, really sad news. Um, yeah. You remember Tim White was, he refereed the Mankind Undertaker hand the cell match. Yeah, his last his last match as well was um was Jericho Triple H. Jericho mm. put a thing on his Instagram where he oh I read that like knocked me real hard and Jericho knocked him so hard that he tore his shoulder and couldn't referee again because obviously the arm motion. Um, he did appear briefly. They, there was a thing I read. I think he appeared in what was it? Was it slightly late? It was another Jericho match. It was at Mania. 20 or was it after that another one but he re-injured himself and then that was it and I think he became a producer afterwards yeah I know um, Biggie put something up on Twitter mm. um, last night yeah. where he said he said like um, Tim White would be kind of like the liaison for like when they were doing outside events yeah yeah so he'd, he'd be basically like managing managing the event he'd be like moving people on also, he was um, he was uh, Andre the Giant's um, was driver, wasn't he for yeah. a while? Yeah, yeah, that was before he came a ref, I think. Yeah, He's so he came in as like, like a part-time ref, and then they had him alongside Andre the Giant for a while. Um, yeah, he basically like drive Andre around. He'd, yeah, again, he was like kind of like the talent he was on for like appearances and stuff like that for Andre. Mm. Uh, told some really cool stories about Andre. Yeah, yeah. In the um, in, in the yeah, is it ESPN or HBO documentary on Andre the Giants? He's quite he's quite heavily featured and okay. like a talking head. Um, mm. Which yeah, he's he's very very insightful fella. Um, mm. Real shame, real shame. Yeah, um, big part of your childhood that you don't realise any. Absolutely, massively. Um, if you ever find yourself in in Rhode Island. Uh, he had his bar there, which I imagine will continue to be open, called the Friendly Tap, which WWE used in many skits over the years as well. 
used in the uh, APA bar room brawl, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's pretty cool. But yeah, sad news. Um, yeah, both of us say rest in peace, uh, Tim White and Dave Hebner. Um, and last but not least for uh, WWE news, Sonia Deville revealed in an interview with Forbes that her and Mandy Rose will be opening their own donut shop in LA called Demandy's Donuts. Yeah, they've they've got a YouTube channel where they go and eat, eat donuts. They have, yeah. That's why they've now they've said, "We're right, we've tasted all the donuts. We're going to make our own." Nice. Yeah. From ever in LA, definitely go to that. Love me a donut. Also, if you're in LA, go to Pink's Hot Dogs. All right. They're real. They're real good hot dogs. Noted. And can recommend. Um, cool. That's yeah. uh, actually a WWE news. A fucking mm. a boatload to get through there. Uh, oh. We move on to some AEW Ring of Honor news. AEW ones to go, mate. <laughs> um, so Jeff Hardy was arrested for DUI on Sunday, the 12th of June. Um, Fightful gave an update on the situation. Um, it was details were like a bit foggy when they when they come out. Um, mm. There was talk that it was originally from an appearance, and then like late at night, and then it come out that it was actually midday. Um, so yeah. Um, Fightful said, learn more about more details about the Jeff Hardy arrest. We're told following the signing and concert that Jeff and Matt attended on Sunday. Matt made sure his brother got to his hotel room. After that, Matt and his family flew back home while Jeff remained in Florida. Matt last saw Jeff Sunday night and allegedly intoxicated Jeff had sleep had stated to officers he had a scheduled doctor's appointment for his head coming up for brain scans. Um, but we didn't get a comment back from AEW regarding that. And one AEW source indicated that from a legal perspective, it's not likely that we'd hear more about that either. Um, there was confusion regarding the time of arrest as it was originally listed as 12.45, which many thought meant it happened in the early mornings, Hardy would, early hours of the morning. Um, Hardy was booked into the Lucia County Jail at 12.45 p.m. Eastern uh, after being arrested at 9.55 a.m. Regarding Jeff driving without a license, we're told he maintained possession of his physical license and it it had and had used it to rent vehicles during its time with both WWE and AEW. We're told there hadn't been any word of that causing issues of for his ability to rent cars outside of North Carolina. Um, yeah, just a real. I mean, it's a real shame with Jeff. Obviously, he's talking about the brain scan. There was talk that apparently he got a concussion in the Young Bucks match at um, Double or Nothing. Right. Uh, he, he looked like it was weird because he looked like he'd hurt his ankle, but then you could tell mm. something. There was something that wasn't right. Um, and I think he, when he did the um, the poetry in motion spot where like he got kind of like kicked out of the air, mm. that's, that's what he thinks caused it. Um, right. Adding to it, uh, Tony Khan announced um, that, which uh, this was one thing that was quite weird. There was a lot of criticism about AEW's kind of like lack of an announcement. Um, and then Tony Khan announced that Jeff Hardy's being suspended without pay from the company uh, following his DUI arrest on June the 13th. Uh, the company made it clear that the state in the statement that they will assist Hardy in his treatment of substance abuse issues and he'll be able to return to the prom- promotion once he has completed treatment and as long as he maintains sobriety. Um, they are, they also stated in that, which for some reason wasn't in that quote, um, that they were waiting to maintain um, contact with Jeff before they actually released the statement. Right. Because obviously they wanted to get a bit more insight into what was going on. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, it's a shame to hear, man. Like it's obviously well documented that um, Jeff struggled with a lot of um, substance, alcohol, whatnot kind of issues over the years um, during his later in like his kind of first run with WWE, then obviously the TNA as well. And um, it wasn't even that long ago. It was on the Broken Skulls uh, sessions with, with Stone Cold and, saying that it was incredibly difficult, like, you know, being around alcohol. As Stone Cold sat there with a can of beer, like, come on, man. I, yeah. I did think that was a, a little bit like, yeah, read the room. Um, but as I say, like, kind of well-documented, he's, he's been very open with it. And it's, yeah, it's a shame to hear of of this relapse, but obviously you you wish him all the best sort of thing. And it sounds like, well, it's it's apparent, um, you know, Tony Khan, the staff at AEW are, Looking after him is going to be well looked out for. Um, so, yeah, just just yeah, all I, the best. I think the important part of um, this is where they're saying they're going to be working with him to maintain it as well. Mm. Like one one thing that doesn't kind of like get addressed often enough, I don't think, especially with Jeff Hardy, is that when he does have like kind of a relapse. There's never any work of like, there's where they'll get help, but then there's never any work of like what's ongoing. Mm-hmm. I think, I think with with him especially, like, if if, if I'm Tony Khan or even went back back when he was in WWE, if if you like whoever was well had talent relations, fucking Johnny East, enough said. Uh, <laughs> you you kind of think, well, okay, how can I prevent Jeff? from getting himself into this mess again mm. even if like giving him like having him like travel with somebody mm-hmm. having him which again like a talent liaison yeah yeah like you know, I'm obviously he's done this event with Matt and Rebby but then Matt and Rebby have gone home and he's mm. stayed in Florida mm. so even just getting someone there with him to make sure he's alright to make sure he doesn't fall into bad habits I mean mm. you, you can do so much you can only like you, and you don't want to like smother the guy. You don't want to nanny him, yeah. But at the same time, if it's a reoccurring thing, you mm. might have to look at it and go, okay, well, what if we do this? What if we do this? And hopefully, I mean, from that, that's one positive thing I can take from that statement that they did put out is that it does, it does seem like they're going to be kind of exploring as many avenues as they can to try and help Jeff. Yeah, yeah. But ultimately, They've got to help. Jeff's got to want to help himself. Of course, yeah, yeah. But it's it's good to see that at least at least this time the kind of silver line as he seems to have like quite a good support system around. Mm. It's interesting. I saw and I, I didn't want to read too much into it because, as we know, the uh, wrestling Twitter sphere can be an absolute tire fire at the best of times. Um, but a lot of stuff coming out off the back of this when he left WWE and the whole him being tested then and there being kind of murky details as to the the goings on with that and, and whether WWE saw the early signs of that reoccurring or not. And again, I've, I've not read too much into it, but this was just a few kind of flashpoints that I saw come up on Twitter. Have you, you got any thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, it's interesting, isn't it? Because he didn't actually, like, he didn't fail the tests. Oh, sorry, mm. no, he, you know, you know what I mean. Yeah. He, he didn't test the negative for any traces of like drugs or alcohol when they, te- they give him the test. Mm. 
um it, it's it's interesting it is interesting but i do think it's again like a very circumstantial thing the, those two things like mm. from from what jeff's like sort of spoke about it he made it sound like that he was unhappy they were almost trying to like put him out to pasture All right and then they tried to use it on this release them because of it right and and then when they found out that he'd actually he was actually telling the truth and he hadn't they wanted to try and resign him and he was like because they realized oh shit he's gonna go to aw mm-hmm. and yeah i think the thing with jeff is is that he's he's so unpredictable when it does happen yeah. like even even when um when he left WWE when he dropped the belt of punk that time. Mm. And like literally two days later he got done for drug trafficking. Yeah. And it like was that was that just a coincidence or was that mm. because because like he had the reins off. Yeah. Um, obviously like he, obviously it's a bit different because he's gone he'd in that situation he'd left WWE and he wasn't doing anything whereas in this one, he left WWE, he'd gone to AW, so he was still kind of under like the contractual obligations of being with with like a big company. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I, as I say, I think the main thing is he just needs to he just needs to get the help he he can mm-hmm. and help himself. Yeah, yeah. The I, I think the the main the main point I want to kind of leave it on is that. Don't think there's any point in speculating whether it's like a WWE thing or an AW thing. Mm. I think the main thing is like Jeff. Jeff needs help. Yeah. As long as Jeff's okay, that's what's important. Exactly. Yeah. Agreed. Like hundred percent. I did. Like I, I think, as I say, I think what AW said they're going to offer to him is brilliant, and WWE's track record with like rehab and wrestlers has been fantastic as well. Mm-hmm. Um I, I just as I say, I just hope they kind of continue to help him. Don't just mm-hmm. go, don't just go, oh, all right, he's done rehab now. Now it's now he's he's on his own. You're off on your own. Carry on, yeah. Because that's how relapses happen. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um we'll continue on with not Jeff Hardy news, but more around that tag team title picture and, and the kind of ramifications of it. Uh, Fight for also added that the that it would affect the tag team title picture. Uh, the AEW tag team title scene changed very quickly over the past few weeks, they were told. Talent that Fightful spoke with indicated that word had made it to them prior to AEW or nothing that uh, All Elite Wrestling was considering putting the tag team titles on the Hardy Boys. The duo uh, were on what Jeff admitted WrestleMania week. Sorry, the duo were on what Jeff Hardy admitted WrestleMania weekend was their last run. Frustration emerged out of that weekend from some talent that we spoke to who gave word that Hardy had been intoxicated publicly both there and in the lobby at the ta- at the talent hotel prior to another event. Hardy's performance at AEW Double or Nothing was cause for concern for the talent as well, though it was claimed Hardy. Uh, it was claimed that Hardy had sustained a head injury early in the match. However, following Double or Nothing, Fightful got word that the titles were likely to be moved to the Young Bucks instead. 
As with anything, that's not confirmed until it happens, but the talk of Hardys being next in line for the tag titles dwindled immediately after that performance. We're also told that the segment between Jungle Boy, Christy and Luchasaurus and the Hardy Boys and Young Bucks that aired on June the 8th was actually filmed a week prior, which would have been the days after the injury at Double or Nothing. Whilst there has obviously been plenty of concern for Jeff Hardy, there's also been frustration surrounding the tag team title scene following from Jeff's injury and some indications that a situation like this could happen again. Yeah. Um, I know there was another thing Fightful put out, uh, I think it was last night, mm-hmm. which made updates on this, um, saying that based on Jeff's fitness, there was either going to be like an angle where Jeff got attacked and it was Matt on his own, or that they were just going to, have the Hardys get attacked and right. that was it right uh, obviously the DUI happened and it was just like oh no just pull the Hardys off the match yeah. uh, to be fair I think I, I think that I enjoyed the match more when it was the Bucks versus Jurassic Express than I would have if the Hardys were in there mm. just just given Jeff's like Jeff looking a bit like banged up at a double yeah. or nothing agreed I would have been a bit worried, whereas that Bucks uh, Jurassic Express ladder match was fucking fantastic. Mm. Um, really, really fun match. Uh, but uh, yeah, the the thing that to, the other thing to take away from that is it definitely all signs were pointing that the Hardys were going to win the tag titles there. Ah, okay, they were they were very much leaning heavily and like, yeah, the Hardys going to win the tag titles, and then the mm. Bucks are probably take off the Hardys down the line. Right, whereas now probably going to be the hardest the hard. taking it off the box later no I think FTR are going to take it off the books okay I think the plan was always going to be that FTR were going to take it off the books right it was just how they were going to get it onto the box it was just the hardies win it of like a little sort of swan song with the belts and then drop them to the books like a month later oh, I or see right plus it, it made it more impactful that uh, we got Christian Cage shoot murder and jungle boy <laughs> And then leaning lean over to his mum and saying, you raised a piece of shit. Wow. <laughs> oh, heel Christian's best Christian. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's continue with some injuries, though. Uh, Fightful Select are reporting that Adam Cole is dealing with some lingering injuries. Uh, they said Cole appeared on AEW Dynamite this week, but had been banged up for quite a while now. Where the merged recently that Adam Cole had been battling a series of injuries as of late. But Fightful learned that it's been going on longer than most realised. Cole's been dealing with a labrum injury as far back as his AW World title programme with Hangman Page and went through the pain based on what AW sources tell us. Um, Those that we spoke to claim that the labrum was torn, though we've not had that confirmed by Cole or AW themselves. Cole hasn't competed since AW Double or Nothing against Samoa Joe. We've not heard if Cole will be forced to miss any time or if he'll be rehabbing the injury. I'll tell you Um, what's not injured. His hands, because he's currently playing fucking Halo Infinite on Twitch. Oh, is he? Aye. He's turning on, on legendary mode. Oh, he's not He's not playing any multiplayer. Oh, that's a shame. Don't think so. Might, I thought I might have to go make him understand. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, it's weird because there's been like a lot of speculation about his role in Forbidden Door. He's been very at the forefront of the build mm. uh, been teases that he was going to be involved in a match with a car there or Jay White. Um, 
and then JY JY Candlelight poo pooed that idea on Dynamite this week. Mm-hmm. I called like called him out, and then Jay was like, "Yeah, you should on next night call." <laughs> uh, I'm intrigued about the whole thing. I feel like we're gonna we're gonna probably find out, aren't we? Um, on uh, Dynamite on Tuesday, on mm-hmm. Tuesday on Wednesday. Wednesday. Uh, and they'll probably announce even more stuff on Rampage on Friday. Mm. And then we're going to watch it live in your house, aren't we? Oi, we are, pal. The Forbidden Door. The Forbidden Door. I, I actually can't wait. The card's shaping up to be tight. Hello, Simon. <laughs> that was perfectly timed. <laughs> Scott Steiner. Is that you, Scott? <laughs> the big booty daddy. He's fat. <laughs> Moving on, uh, more AEW news. Uh, Lucha Blog states that not only will Andrade be missing AEW's crossover shows, uh, show rather with New Japan, but Penta and Phoenix, the Lucha Brothers, will also be missing the shows as well. Uh, quote from that: uh, I've since been told that Andrade was booked on Forbidden Door and is no longer booked on Forbidden Door. Phoenix and Penta will also not be appearing on Forbidden Door, as confirmed to me by multiple sources. Andrade's tweet should have been taken at face value. This is bad for everyone. So yeah. this is in regards to the, the relationship between, who is it again? Is it Triple A and, and who, sorry? CMLL. That's it, yeah. So uh, essentially... For those that Japan, don't know, if you want to fill people in. Yeah, so New Japan have a working relationship with CMLL from Mexico, who are the oldest wrestling promotion on the planet. Right. Um, and AW have a working relationship with AAA, who are also in Mexico, mm. who were formed kind of like out of like people leaving um, CMLL. CMLL. Right. And then there's always been like bad blood between the two. Okay. Um, all... Sp- Add to that as well. Um, Andrade used to work for CMLL, left right. left to go to WWE, came back and he went, he jumped ship to AAA, as did his brother uh, Dragon. Was it, no, sorry, as did uh, Dragon Lee and Drillistico, who are Rush's brother. Right. Uh, um, and Dragon Lee's also said, "Yeah, I'm not allowed to work for, w- for New Japan anymore um, because of that." Um, Shame, man. Quite, quite like an integral part of. New Japan's uh, Super Junior scene. Um, Why can't we all just get along? <laughs> well, I've got a theory that the reason AEW repackaged Penta is to kind of try and fiddle the system a bit. Oh, okay. Because in in um, AAA, he still wrestles as Pentagon Junior. Right, I see. As opposed to Penta Oscuro. As as opposed to Penta Scoro, so he wears his old gear when he's wrestling in Triple A. Right. Um, so that, that's what I think, but I, I don't know. It's it's it it's silly. I mean, it, what's what as well is really weird about it is it seems it's more CMLL side of things than it is Triple A's. I know Conan mm. kind of came out and said, "Oh yeah, like CMLL have got like a very antiquated way of looking at things and." Right, like AAA want to work through this to kind of give the fans this awesome event mm-hmm. and uh, basically said to New Japan if it's going to hurt our relationship if you have any AAA guys on your show which is why uh, also oh, it, came out, it came out today that Andrade was meant to be wrestling Will Ospreay on Forbidden Door 
Oh, what? Yeah, which would have been a banger. But the match we're getting is going to, still going to be very good. Who is uh, it again? Orange Cassidy. Oh, that's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Not but, Ryan yeah. Gosling dressed as Ken. Don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Osprey does have big Logan Paul energy. Uh, <laughs> he does, I. He does. Um, but yeah, I think this this is shit for fans. It really is. Um, but, you know, like the whole fucking... <laughs> All, um, like self the stuff, you just don't fucking ask questions. Yeah, don't get involved with that shit. I have pitched with Hugo Savinovich and Triple Mania, and he had all the fucking lines next to him. <laughs> <laughs> just all those fucking lines he'd been polishing off while he was doing commentary. Top, probably, top lad. Probably gonna gig himself with the fucking same blade. He just like cut the lines. Wait <laughs> yeah. until the, the blood screen, brother, brother, brother. <laughs> Uh, the Untitled Wrestling Podcast does not advocate the use of drugs. Just need to put uh, that in there. I, I have to say I, that at least four times when I do NXT with Aaron. I was going to say, you know, <laughs> I, I really want the next uh, Triple Media show, though. Like, they all watch yeah. along, going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Best thing is Pence's in a mask versus mask match now. Ooh. Against Villano 4. He'll, prob- he'll probably put away quite swiftly. Dispatched. Yeah. Also, in the most Mexican thing ever, they replaced Jeff Hardy with uh, John Morrison. As John I saw Hardy. that. <laughs> and then he turned on Matt and uh, hit a fucking moonlight drive on him. <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. Um, yeah, moving on, a bit more serious news now. Fightful was told that former NXT talent Jake Atlas is not coming back to AEW. Um, Atlas was injured in his first match in AEW uh, and initially. They were told by AEW higher-ups that they were hopeful his injury was not as bad as feared. However, he was sidelined with a torn ACL. Despite having received an all-elite graphic generally reserved for full-time signings, um, they'd heard that from multiple sources that claimed that Jake was on a pair appearance deal. When he was injured, that deal was paused and Atlas was no longer officially tied to the company. His deal lapsed in the meantime. Um, in May, Atlas was arrested for domestic violence against his boyfriend. After scratching and Fightful reached out to AW for a comment in May, but did not hear back. Um, again, of a similar ilk to the Jeff Hardy thing, like probably for the best, he he just like gets the help he needs. But it's, it it was kind of like said that he was dealing with substance abuse issues as well, wasn't mm-hmm. it? Um, yeah, it's shit, man. I, I really like well, Jake. No, yeah, well, it's, well, it's in no means should be an excuse to condone domestic violence like again get get himself the help he needs mm-hmm. absolutely or thing here yeah yeah so try and yeah but yeah it's it's a shame as his debut match in aw against adam cole was fantastic yeah um, it really was yeah i i thought that he had like a real upside um but yeah um Obviously, domestic violence is not a good thing. It's a very serious um, thing. Um, mm. Hopefully, everyone involved is safe, and that's the main thing. Absolutely. So, moving on, uh, Fightful Select revealed that AEW is headed back to Chicago for All Out. All Elite Wrestling has been told that the plan has not changed for All Out 
when the event will remain in the Chicago area. Sources that we spoke to did not confirm a specific date for the Labor Day weekend tradition, but did confirm that they were told the now arena in Hoffman Estates was the planned venue. Many wondered with the addition of Forbidden Door in Chicago if the show would be moved. AEW founder Tony Khan had noted recently that he likes the tradition of keeping all out in the Chicago area for Labor Day weekend. The company has promoted 10 dates in the area thus far. It's worth noting that this is what talent have been told and has not been confirmed by AEW officially until officially announced anything could change. It makes sense. I, I like the fact that that's their kind of, that's it. It's, I, it's synonymous with that city. Yeah, I was given a lot of thought to this because at first I was kind of like, well, that's a bit meh because I'd rather see them like move it like different locations every now and again. But then I think it's quite good because you, you've got an idea of where and when it's going to be. Yeah. So like if I, if I said like, now I want to go to all out next year, <clears throat> I'm fairly, you could be fairly, fairly confident it would be Chicago. Labor Day weekend in Chicago. Yeah. So yeah. I could book the flight now and possibly get them cheaper than it would be if, like, a few months beforehand. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that being said, I would like them to, do, like, tour some of them. I know uh, Full Gear, they tour, don't they? And mm. Revolution's usually in Orlando or in Florida. Uh, Double or Nothing's usually in Vegas. So does that? There's one that they tour at least. Give us that one over here, shit bags. I think they're, they're talking about doing like a special over here, aren't they? Yeah. Like one of the uh, when they do like the loaded cards for like dynamite, like similar to like Grand. Yeah, but just give us a pay per view. Come on. Yeah. Although to be fair, as I say, if it's if it's like of the same level of Grand Slam, mm. it's like a mini pay per view. Mm. Like being in attendance at it would still be like being at a pay per view. All that's the same way. Sorry, gone. I was going to say uh, Grand Slam last year. They shot it like it was a pay per view. True. They just true. they they just like broke it up for TV. Yeah, yeah. All that's the same weekend as Clash at the Castle, isn't it? Uh, at the moment, it seems like it's going to be the same day. Oh. Mm. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So that's that's the last bit of AW news. However, let's do a let's do a wee preview of of a, a little event that's coming up this coming weekend. Just just a little one. Depending on our state after Ramstein, we may do some kind of live stream for it from yours. We'll fucking try, won't we? We'll see. See what we can get through. <laughs> is your brother is your brother gonna watch it? Is he into wrestling? He is not really into wrestling. Right. Uh, he'll probably go to bed and get a good night's sleep. Fair. <laughs> Me, you'll sit up and watch it like fucking miscreants we are. Um, <laughs> so yeah, um, let's start start from the bottom and work our way up. So the AW All Atlantic Championship Finals. This is going to be a. I didn't realize this was a fatal four way until the we did the AW review last week. No, nor did I. Um, it was only when Big Tasty went. Oh yeah, you know that's like going to be a four way. Like, is it? I, I thought it was going to be semis and then a, a one-on-one. I think mm. four much better though. Fuck yeah. Uh, Especially with the with who's in it. Well, Pac versus Miro versus the winner of Malachi Black and Penta Escuro. Probably Malachi Black, given what we were talking about before. Mm. Uh, versus the winner of Tomohiro Ishii and Clark Connors. Again, probably Tomohiro Ishii. Um, 
that'll uh, that'll be slap. Who who do you see winning that? I I know who my pick is. I'm torn between Pack and Miro. It's Miro for me. So me and Big Tasty spoke about this. Miro makes the most sense, but then also so Ishii wouldn't. Ishii would make sense in a sense that they can have it where it's being defended like as a traveling championship in Japan, mm. and then they have to send like they they can send talent over. To like, wrestle on you and shows. Send Hook. To try. If they really wanted. Could send Hook. <laughs> Hook. Hook's wrestling clock on us on Rampage this, next week. Is he? Yeah. Sorry. Um, yeah, that makes match me think is going to be fun. Yeah, makes me think maybe Clark Connors isn't going to be an uh, issue if uh, he's getting fed to Hook. <laughs> 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 yeah. Did, did you see Pac's, uh, Pac's promo? No, but with Penta, Malachi Black this week as well. No, <laughs> he just said Penta's gonna send you back to the Netherlands, <laughs> <laughs> and then he called him. Let me just get the actual quote because Big Tasty put on Discord. <laughs> he called him a strange dangly creep. <laughs> <laughs> well, obviously more Geordie, more Geordie, fueled That's on Greg's creep. <laughs> yeah, that that match is gonna fucking slap. Though I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. Um, next up, we've got Chris Jericho, Minoru Suzuki, and Sammy Guevara versus Eddie Kingston, Wheelie Yuta, and Shota Umino. Where has that match come from? What's Minoru Suzuki teaming with Chris Jericho and Sammy Guevara for? So Sammy Guevara joined the Jericho Appreciation Society this I week. Saw that because he um, came out dresses. As fake Fuego. fucking Fuego, didn't he? Yeah. Uh, and then when um then uh who did Jericho attack? Jericho attacked someone. Right. And uh I want to say it was Eddie. Because of course either, it was. Either way, Jer- Jericho attacked somebody who was tied to it. Um and then like Eddie and both uh, Eddie proud and powerful and uh, Mox was it Mox? No, Yusa sorry came out, made the save, and then Suzuki Goon interfered on behalf. So uh, El Desperado and Lance Archer interfered on behalf of um, Jericho, and then Jericho like said he's that the Jericho appreciate Jericho Appreciation Society have come to like some kind of talent talent agreement with Suzuki Goon. Right. Um gonna be working together at Forbidden Door. Um and the reason Shota Umino's in it is because he was when Mox debuted in New Japan, he wrestled him in his second match. And Mox oh, claimed, yeah. Mox claimed Shota as a young boy. Uh, right. like study. And then Shota basically came out like as like a mini Mox. <laughs> nice. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. I like that. Joe's is awesome. Uh, but yeah, that, that'd, be, that'd be a pretty fun match. Do you know how um, this is going to be a fun match? The next one. <laughs> yes, boy. So, winner takes all IWGP Heavyweight Tag Team Champions and Ring of Honor Tag Team Championships. FTR, Rapongi Vice, and Vess Rapongi Vice, Vess Jeff Cobb, and the Great O'Conn. Christ. I think FTR are going to win. I that. think FTR are going to win that. I, I, I'd go as far as saying FTR have to win it. 
Yeah. For for the sake of New Japan as well, as much as like as in up... New, New Japan's tag division. Well, exactly. They don't because it's tatters. Yeah. So literally, it's like a couple of Bullet Club teams, a couple of United Empire teams. That's it. They have, they have fucking gorillas of destiny do stuff every now and again when Sam is not trying to be a singles guy. Your boys. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, that being said, is, is Tangelo an injured or something? Because he's not. He's not been about much, has he? No. For a while, no. Um, so, yeah. They, let's let's face it. If they get like the best tag team in the world, just throw them in there. That's, that's, that's a nice little shot in the arm for their tag division, isn't it? Yeah. Um. I'm I'm quite surprised that Aussie Open weren't put into this match as well because they've been featured mm. prominently on Dynamite than uh, than Cobb and the Great O'Connor. Definitely. Um, speak sticking with the uh, United Empire, the IWGP US Championship. Will Osprey defends against freshly squeezed Orange Cassidy. That'd be fun, wouldn't it? That'd be a fun match. Yeah, yeah. I, I kind of want them to go down a similar route to like Pack and Orange Cassidy, where. Orange starts just like doing Orange Cassidy stuff, and then just goes like full, like full on, like when he's like good Orange Cassidy. Mm-hmm. Like, um. Uh, next, we got the AW Women's Championship Thunder Rose versus Tony Storm. That fuck. I mean, it will, but I thought it was Forbidden Door. They're both in the same promotion. It's Why didn't you just get anyone from Stardom in? I think they haven't got the agreement with Stardom because Stardom's got a different, uh, like different director and bookers so they're still from what I gather they're still kind of like discussing some kind of thing with Stardom I thought Stardom were owned by New Japan they're owned by the same parent company Bushi Road oh and they're two separate companies within oh which is why they do like the occasional crossover where like they'll do like a Stardom match on Wrestle Kingdom yeah like they did this year didn't they and they're doing a co-promoted show um in October, but it's still very much the two separate things. So, right for for essentially for Tony to get some start and talent over there, he's got to have a conversation with um their head booker and say, "Can we use your guys?" It's a shame, man. Because also, also, Tony Storms a Stardom alumni, so uh yeah, I guess so. In in a way, it is still. It's a shame they couldn't have got what's the name over. Who's the batshit mental one? Japanese wrestler, the one that did all the f- the funny stuff with uh, Lance Archer. Oh, Maki Ito, she's in there. Tokyo Joshi Pro. Because I've got her over. She is. She is in the U- uh, the US at that time. Oh, come on, they, they they got her over not that long ago. She had the match with Brit. It's for me like like it's a good car, but for me it's like and it's not me shitting on the women's division. That's the most disappointing one on there. I'm like everything else. It's a proper crossover. Like, yeah, Tony Storm's like stardom alumni, but like, okay, you can't reach out to stardom talent. There's plenty of other like female promotions that you could have done something with. Yeah, I think it's more just because it's like an AEW New Japan co-promoted show. Mm-hmm. I think. Yeah, I guess. That's that's the compromise in that Tony yeah. Storm. Because realistically, you know, they should get from stardom to face on the Rosa. Who? Kari Hojo. Oh, I. Get Kyrie in there, okay. Mm. That'd fuck, yeah, yeah. Or you know, anyone else from um from stardom, there's Mayu Itani would be awesome. Mm-hmm. 
really it'd be awesome. Uh, I again, sounds it sounds like there's conversations being had, but they're a bit a bit of a far way away. Uh. Um, but I think I think from I seem to remember from when we covered it a few weeks ago that Stardom really want to be able to like use uh, Jamie Hayter and Tony Storm. So uh. guessing them putting a Tony Storm match on the card is their kind of like. Extending Extend the olive branch. So, yeah. Oh, look, Tony Storm's on this co promote show. Yeah. Uh, but who knows? Uh, yeah, and fair the, the main events uh, the AW Interim World Championship, John Moxley versus Hiroshi Tanahashi. Go Ace. Go Ace. Uh, th- this is a match that has been meant to have been happening since all out of last year. Yeah, man. Mox uh, was calling him out, wasn't he? Well, Tanahashi called Mox out. Before all out, and then how oh, uh, did he? I can't remember why he couldn't. There was, there was a reason why Tanahashi didn't come over. Probably um, pandemic. It was either pandemic or I think New Japan ran the show the same day. Ah, and um, because of that, Tanahashi was. I think Tanahashi was on that show. Um, Tanahashi best for winning that. I didn't give a fuck what anyone else says. I want Tanahashi um, winning that? Is gonna fucking. Destroyed Tanahashi. Nah, come on. <laughs> and Mox, Mox wins that. And then Tanahashi will get his match against Punk at Wrestle Kingdom instead. Oh, yes, please. That's what I, that's what I think is going to happen because then we can get like a Punk and Mox feud, like mm. fast, which will be nice. Mox, Mox will fucking re break his foot. Um, <laughs> But also, it makes more sense, like Mox, wouldn't it? Because if they want to have, like, as I say, an interim, an interim is essentially someone who's like filling in the position of their like face of the company. And what Mox, better person than Tanahashi? Tanahashi ain't gonna fucking do like. <laughs> <laughs> I'd lo- I'd love it, but he's not. Ah, oh, booing. Ah, booing. Mox was going to fucking murder Tanahashi in New Japan, let's be honest. Aye, he was. <laughs> it's, all, it's all leading to Mox just devouring Akada's soul. <laughs> that's, that's all That's all the endgame is. Like, he, he said his, his original endgame's Tanahashi. What's left after Tanahashi? Hang on. Where's the other matches on there? I thought we were getting Jay White and Hangman. That's all that's been announced officially so far. Oh, okay. I was going to say, they like... Did, they did an angle where Hangman's... Been, well, they've been doing an angle where Hangman's been calling out Okada. Mm. And then Cole came out and said Okada's not going to be on the show. Which is very, like... They, they don't know if that's, like... No one really knows if that's, like, K-Babe or legit. Um, Okada's partner is expecting a child. So okay. there is... There's that possibility, uh, but I think a due date's not till like mid August, right? So there's also the fact that like, so you're telling me there's a chance? Yeah, but it's it's one of them. Like it's whether it's whether he wants to like mm. risk being out of the country. Of course, his... yeah, yeah. Um, but also uh, because Adam Cole's got the injury problems, there's mm. talk whether Cole's going to be fit to be on the card, right? So they've kind of. They've left it as a bit of an unanswered question where Jay White said it's not going to be Hangman and Jay White says it's not going to be Adam Cole. But then Hangman keep 
Hangman said he still wants to face Okada regardless of right. the So Fair enough. there's a possibility that Okada could just show up, Rainmaker, Hangman into the fucking nether realm. And then yeah, that or there's the other possibility they might do Jay White and Adam Cole versus Hangman and Okada. Oh I maybe and build build up to Hangman and Okada at the next Forbidden Door show. Because mm. they seem to think this is going to be like a regular occurring thing. That would be nice. Um, yeah, there's a there's a few things they've kind of been teasing is going to happen, but nothing nothing's concrete yet. Mm-hmm. It's inter- I, I did think it was interesting at the time and of it, although like that they've essentially given themselves like three weeks to build up this like huge fucking show. Yeah, man, it's mad. Like, I mean, they're, then- they're well with it, but like, yeah, as I expected, a little bit more time to build it. Yeah, and then we've got a, we've got blood and guts on um, the dynamite after the window. Mm-hmm. Boom! It's all going off. It is. That's everything for your AEW news. Let's move on to the rest of the world. Uh, the first of wrestling legend KG Muta's final five matches have been revealed. With Pro Wrestling Noah announcing that Muto would take on Kaito Kiyomine, uh Ki- I can't pronounce that. Kimia. Kimia. There you go. Um, on July the 16th, uh, Muto announced at Noah's Cyberfight show last week that he would only wrestle five more matches and plan to retire in the spring of 2023. I don't know much about uh, the great Muta. Well, obviously, I, I know of the great Muta, but I, I mm-hmm. haven't watched any of his matches. Really. I, I mean, I think I may have seen one or two, but. He's very I, good. I'm, I'm told he's holding quite high regard. He's very good. Um, and he's one of those wrestlers who's kind of like he obviously with age, he's adapted the style quite well because he mm. can't do shit that he used to be able to do when he was the great mooter. Right. Um he had some he had some absolute banging matches in WCW in the early 90s with the likes of Ric Flair and Sting. Okay. If if you you know, if you're looking at a check stuff it'll be on the network okay. um but yeah he's one of those wrestlers the great like there's also i'll i'll stick in a discord after this so you can check it out um he's got like one of the most ridiculous entrances that's ever happened and it's fucking incredible when he's <laughs> uh, but i i'd be intrigued to see if he has one more match as the great Muta because the okay. great move the great move is kind of more like his demon version of the character right. if you will right. whereas K- Keiji Muto is, is just in being like stiff old Mary the Grandad. Nice. Just not actual Mary the Grandad because that's Suzuki. <laughs> um, <clears throat> moving on uh, to something a bit closer short for, to me anyway. Um, TNT Extreme Wrestling announced that all eight participants to their Project X tournament, which is set to take place July the 21st at the Camp and Furnace. Um, it'll be Kid Like Us 2. All four members of the close personal friends, Joe Lando, Danny Black, Maverick Mayhew, and Callum Newman. Man like the Reese. Top Leon. Top lad. Leon Slater and Nico Angelo. Um, some very exciting talents in there. Fucking right. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I'd be interested to see who wins that. I mean, the Reese is the Reese or Like Us 2. Like the two kind of big names in that. Like Us 2 was the f- first. First. Um, Thingy uh, Ultra champion, X. Ultra X, yeah. 
which is like their kind of like their v- version of like the X Division Championship and Impact. Mm. Um, I mean, looking at that, Nico Angelo is a guy that he pops up in TNT from time to time. And he's quite a quite it's a good man. It's good. Yeah. He's often at the uh, resurgent shows in Leicester as well. Yeah. Often dicking true. about with Lycos Jim as well. Yeah, he's, he's part of Lycos Jim, isn't yeah, he? Uh, yeah. Um, I keep looking at that and the, the name that sticks out to me based on his, uh, based on his work in progress recently is uh, Danny Black and Callum Newman. Mm. They're two guys who I think are like future stars, especially Callum Newman. Like he's... Yeah. He, he, Remind me of Ray Phoenix. Mm. Like some of the shit balls like this. Very like, good. Nothing. Very, Basically. very good. He'd be my pick to pick to win the whole thing. That's gonna um, be an exciting one to watch. Are you going to it? Um potentially, yeah. All right. Might have I'm to gonna, might I'm have to make try, the trip up. I'm try and figure out my hours and uh, if I can get the day off, I'll uh, I'll pop down. Yeah. I uh buy a ticket. Might might try and get down to it. It will be uh however a few days after the next event, uh, which is a new promotion starting up in London called Coliseum Pro. Uh I'll be doing uh all of their video work for them. I've done a few of their promo videos for the various uh wrestlers they've got in the show. They've got their first show coming up on July the 16th, uh, which is at the Conway Hall in London. Uh, tickets are available now if you check them out on Twitter, uh, if you find them at Coliseum Pro. Uh, they've announced the first half of their card, which at the moment has uh, Kings of the North against the 87. Warren it's Banks. The North. Yeah, man. Uh, Warren Banks against Sheik Al-Sham. Harley Hudson against L.A. Taylor. And Yestin yes Reese against the Jack Stack Daddy Shreddy. Oh, rest in peace, Easton Reese. <laughs> it's Shreddy's world. We all just live in it. Even against the alpha male, yeah? Oh, yeah, Shreddy will fucking prove that he's the alpha. <laughs> the king he'll, of the jungle. He'll, he'll go fucking big game hunting, mate. <laughs> but come out dressed like Van Pelt from fucking Jumanji. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, that's, um, that's shaping up to be a really good show, as I say. First half of the card... Uh, has been announced so far. Um, second half of the card coming in the next week or two. And that's on July the 16th, uh, Conway Hall in London, Coliseum Pro. Do check them out. Really, really exciting upcoming promotion. There's a lot of exciting uh, promotions that are starting up, like Sovereign Pro as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and obviously the resurgence of 1PW announced their Ruby Soho versus Session Moth Martina the other day. Nice. And also, friend of the podcast, Lizzie Abbo versus Mickey James. Oh, is that the one that's up in Doncaster? It is. Yeah. Because th- the Sovereign Pro one's the same day and it's in Manchester. <laughs> and it's got Kid Bandit on. And I really want to see Kid Bandit before they potentially retire or step mm. away for a bit. Uh, I think I'm going to choose that one over. Because big Kid Bandit fun. Nice. Um, yeah, moving on some more, some more UK wrestling news. Another show I'm weighing up if I'm going to be able to go to. Uh, <laughs> on the 24th of July, Progress Wrestling presents 24-7, Chapter 136. Um, 
they've announced the first two matches. Uh, Charles Crowley versus Maggot. After uh, we saw them having a the little, the little waltz. Um, oh, I super strong. Uh, so uh, yeah, strong style sixteen. Um, that that was nice. Uh, yeah, and the return of the men's Thunder Bastard match. We had the women's Thunder Bastard uh, earlier in the year, didn't we? Mm. Uh, when we went, I choose you, choose you. Yep. Uh, Kanji won. Uh, the winner of this match will get a future Progress World Championship match. No one's been announced yet. However, the talent that have been confirmed to be on the show are Swerve Strickland, Nick Wayne, Ricky Knight Jr., and Sunshine Machine. Um, Hang in. I'm looking forward Sunshine to that one. Machine. Have been uh, teasing that they're going to be issuing an open challenge, and they've been listing loads of random teams. But one that stuck out to me that both of them said was uh, Santana and Ortiz. Can you imagine Santana and Ortiz have wrestled in progress before? Mm. Yeah, they wrestled uh, what is widely regarded as the best progress match ever, which was a. Uh, them versus Gresham and Chris Brooks. Damn. Yeah. Nice. Um, I, I'd love to see Sunshine Machine versus Santana Rotis. Fucking right, man. That is absolutely yeah. I'm looking forward to that show. I got my, my ticket as soon as they announced it. So definitely go into that. Did you, I, pal? Aye, I did, pal. I, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to see how my, my funds are. Yeah. I think that's the same day as TNT's All Eyes on Me as well. Oh, is which it? is it? Let's have a look. No, it's no, that's that's the week after the oh, okay. 1st of July, where uh, Shreddy is facing Cam Solis for the TNT Ignition Championship. He's taking that. Oh, he's going to eat Cameron alive. <laughs> Big fan of Cam Solis, but he's, he's in danger. Um, they're also doing a fatal four way number one contenders match. Uh, Big Guns Jobs versus Simon Miller versus Chase Alexander versus RPD. Boom. So that'll be fun. Absolutely. Um, I have got a couple more uh, independent shows around the UK, which I've, I've literally just added, added uh, as we've gone through this. Um, they've just recently announced their Resurgence Rumble which is happening on the 6th of August. And that's at the Y theater in Leicester. Um, if you don't know, uh, of wrestling resurgence, check them out. Um, I think majority of their matches are free on YouTube. Um, and they are a superb, uh, Midlands based promotion. I've worked closely with them on a few occasions. Um, some of the, the very best talent in, in the UK and beyond um, have wrestled at their shows and do regularly wrestle at their shows. So yeah, they've got a, a rumble event coming up. They've also just released a poster and a shirt, a company shirt to go with it, which is a stunning piece of artwork um, designed by a guy called Alec Hugill. Um, you can grab that on their website. It's a really good bit of artwork. Check them out at wrestling resurgence. Um, as I say, they've got their, their Rumble event. They've also got one that they have announced, I think, for November, so a bit later in the year. And obviously, when we know more of that card, um, we'll let you know. But tickets for both of those uh, are available. And that show in November is called A, Wec a Requiem for Resurgence. So, yeah, really, really good sort of performance theatre-led wrestling uh, in the Definitely East Midlands. Want to try and get, definitely want to try and get to one of their shows at some point this year. Yeah, do so. Absolutely. Or, or do so. in the next in the next twelve months at least, definitely. 
Yeah. That, them and North Wrestling are the two that are on my kind of radar that I really want to get to a show. Yeah, for sure. Definitely. <clears throat> what have we got finally um, then, mate? Well, we've got two bits actually, Troy. Oh, why? We have. We have, pal. Yeah. Let's uh, talk about some. Oh, shit. Just accidentally. Some old shit. Uh, I've, me, I've just I've just uh, removed the link. I've got it up here. I can, I can go. I can read it out if you want. Yeah, go ahead. Go so, ahead. Uh, we've got the results of New Japan Pro Wrestling's Dominion pay-per-view from the 12th of June. Uh, the United Empire, TJP, Francisco, Akira, and Aaron Hanare defeated uh, Hiroshi Tenzan, Master Watto, and Rizuki Taguchi. Uh, Bullet Club, consisting of Ace Austin, El Fantasmo, and Tajiri Ishimori, defeated Los Ingobernables, uh, consisting of yeah, Tetsuya Naito, uh, Al Hapon, whatever. <laughs> Tetsuya Naito, Bushi, yeah. and, and Hiromu Takahashi. Uh, Toro Yano defeated Doc Gallows uh, for the Never Openweight Six Man Tag Team Championship. Uh, House of Torture, Evil Show, and Yujiharu Takahashi. Uh, defeated and to retain uh, the six-man tag championships. They defeated Suzuki Goon, uh, the team of uh, Yoshinobu, Kanemaru, El Desperado, and Zack Sabre Jr. For the IWGP Tag Team Championships, United Empire, Jeff Cobb and the Great Okan defeated Bullet Club, a uh, team consisting of Chase Owens and Bad Luck Fale to win the titles. It, didn't they only have them for like a month or so? Yeah, they've been hot shotting between those two for like about like two, three months now. Ah, okay, right, right. Uh, also, as well, um, after the never open weight uh, six man match, Zack Sabre Junior did call up Brian Danielson. Aye, he did for Forbidden Door, which uh, provided Danielson is fit. I assume we'll get him announced this week. Yes, please, and thank you. Um, speaking of after the match incidents, Rocky Romero then tried and failed to attack the United Empire after that IWGP Tag Team Championship match. Um, the participants were then announced for the New Japan G1 Climax 32 tournament, which we will get to in a moment. Uh, sticking with the Dominion results, though, for the interim AEW uh, world, uh, world title eliminator, Hiroshi, Tanah Hiroshi Tanahashi defeated Haruki Goto uh, to advance, where, as we discussed earlier, he'll be facing John Moxley. I, I would have quite liked to have seen um, Goto versus Moxley. Oh, we got that down the line somewhere. Yeah. And that fuck. Goto's yeah. awesome. Yeah, man. Uh, the King of Pro Wrestling 2022 Provisional Trophy 10-minute and limited pinfall scramble match. Shingo Takagi defeated Taichi 11-10. I do don't need to watch that. Like, do you reckon that was just 10 minutes of roll-ups? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Shingo just made like a fucking bomber or something. <laughs> yes, please. All of that. Uh, for the Never Openweight Championship, Carl Anderson defeated Tamatonga to win the title. IWGP United... Pardon? All the belts going to the Bola Club. The Bola Club. The, the Damon. Damon. <laughs> um, the IWGP United States... I can't believe you've done this. <laughs> The IWGP United States Championship, Will Ospreay to defeat, uh, defeated Sonata to win the vacant title. 
which again, as we discussed earlier at Forbidden Door, he will be defending against freshly squeezed Orange Casty. And in the of main chaos. event, huh? Of chaos. Of chaos. In fact, yes, yes, he is. Uh, in the in the main event for the IWGP World Heavyweight Championship, Jay White defeated Kazuchika Okada to win the title. Shit, son. Which blades here, am I? Shit, son. Angry Kiwi noises. Angry Kiwi noises. <laughs> this is a switchblade uh, era. <laughs> I am a capitalist. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, but yeah, it sounds like it was a fucking great show. Jay White, uh, what's interesting about it, which makes me think there's a poten- potential that a car that could, they could do like a four-way or something with like... um. Hangman Cole and Akada and Jay White. Jay White's only loss to Akada happened in America. Hey, The only time Jay White's ever lost to, to Akada was in America. Didn't Jay White and Akada face each other at the last Wrestle Kingdom? Um, no, that was Jay White... And... I know. Was it a card? Oh, and... Last Wrestle Kingdom. No, I thought he was because he didn't do that interview afterwards, where he was just like, "Yeah, I'm leaving." That was the year before, and he, it was a bushy. Was it? Yeah. Who did a card have at Wrestle Kingdom? Oh, was it Osprey? It, it was, was Osprey. Osprey, which he beat with more than just one this time. Just more than one. More than one. Gained a slight bit of respect for him, so let him kick out with more than one rainmaker. And uh, then it was uh, Akada versus Shingo, wasn't it? As well. Oh shit! Yeah, it was he beat Shingo on day one, and then he beat uh, Osprey on day two. Aye. Because remember, he hit the rainmaker, and Aaron was freaking out. <laughs> rainmaker. Thinking that it was over. <laughs> only needs just one. Just one. Uh, but yeah, the, the only time that Akada has beaten Jay White was when they um, did the New Japan Ring Supercard of Honor in um, in uh, Madison Square Garden. Oh, okay. The main event was Akada beating Jay White for the uh, title. But I, I do think Jay White's second reign with that belt is going to be much, much longer than... Lengthy. Yeah, because his first reign was only like two months. Mm. Well, his only reign was only two months. Because essentially he beat um, Tanahashi, beat Omega for it. Then he beat Tanahashi. And then he lost it to Okada. Ah, right. And then Okada held it till um, Ibushi beat him, I think. Ibushi. I think it was a bougie. Or was it Jay White? No, Jay White beat him then. I can't remember. I don't follow New Japan as much as you guys do. Is that, is We're going to talk about New Japan. We need to get like Spuck and Dan on here. Yeah. I, or Faye. Faye watches a lot. Mm-hmm. I, I do need to watch a lot more, to be fair. I'm, I'm going to try and closely, or as closely as I can, follow the G1 because. <laughs> oh, boy. Hey, have you got the barbecue out, Troy? Uh, <laughs> I've always got the barbecue ready, mate. 
So let's let's run down the participants. So an A block, which is the one that got big tasty, mighty excited. We've got the, the god of pro wrestling, Kazuchika Okada. We've got the sublime master thief, Toru Yano. <laughs> uh, we've got filthy Tom Lawler. And then we've got four horses for them to horse, play with. Horse, 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 We've got Jeff Cobb, Jonah, which apparently everyone like in Dominion, in the crowd in Dominion lost their shit when Jonah got announced. Really? Yeah, like everyone's like, oh, fuck. Nice. Uh, Bad Luck Farley and the Mayor of Hawk Monster, Lance Archer. Oh. So a couple of, of horse fights there. Big Tasty is going to need to buy a new fucking <laughs> Block, Block A is just going to be stiff fucking matches, isn't it? Going to need to get the tea towels out. He's going to need to crack all the windows. Going to buy <laughs> need to buy a new extractor fan. Get, like, <laughs> get one of those like big tower fans that like oscillate gently. Um, <laughs> going to need all that. Um, yeah, a card the rainmaker and hosses is going to be nice. <laughs> um, Neck what one host that was missing though, which I'm quite sad about is Brody King. I thought we were gonna get Brody King in the G1 this year. That'd have been cool. Yeah. That would just just them ganso bombing everybody. Hmm. Uh B block. This is kind of like this has got a couple of dark horse matches here. We've got uh the IWGP heavyweight champion Jay White. We've got the Stone Pitbull, Tomahiro Ishii, good old cold skull himself, Sonada. Uh Tamatonga, the great Okan, Chase Owens, and Taichi. A couple of potential bangers there. Mm. Um, C block. Oh, yeah. Also, this is the sec- only the second time they've done four blocks instead of two. Yeah, yeah. As they've got more compared this time. Uh, C block, we've got Hiroshi Tanahashi, Hiroki Goto, Tetsuya Naito, Zack Sabre Jr., uh, Aaron Haneri. Um, <laughs> and evil um, uh, there's going to be probably quite a few bangers in that in that group um, and then Aaron Hanera will be there too um, uh, D block we've got Will Ospreay Yoshihashi Shingo David Finley Juice Robinson Elf Antasmo and Yujiro Takashi and there again, isn't a bad block there is there <laughs> No, there's, there's in every block, there's kind of like one person where it's a bit of a head scratcher, like uh, Barley and A block. I wouldn't really have gone with. Uh, well, just, well, they kept Yano in there because he's just there for the bands, and he, um, yeah. like, ga- like gaffer taping people to the fucking guardrails. <laughs> <laughs> in B block, like Chase Owen probably wouldn't. I'm not really that arsed about seeing in there. No. Uh, Aaron Hanare and C Block, like, what the fuck? Not a fan, like, no. <laughs> he's just, he's just like very bland. He's like, he's like the fucking brown bread of wrestling, mate. <laughs> <laughs> he's fine. It's fine. He, He'll do. He's, he's not a, He's not a bad wrestler. He's just not just a bit meh. Yeah, uh, and then in D block, the only person there really I'm a bit about is Jujiro Takahashi, but he's capable of busting out a couple of bangers if need be. Mm. 
say I'd say looking at that D block's probably the most compelling because you've got uh, the two former members of Finjus in there. You've got Osprey and Shingo always up bangers. El Fantasma in his first ever G1 is probably going to do some silly shit. Yep. Um, but yeah, overall, very, very, very. That's going to be there. fucking awesome. That is. Yeah, I'm gonna. I say this every year, but I'm really gonna try and make an effort to, like, keep tri- keep tabs on this a bit more. You have you have yeah. said that the last two years. You have. I can I confirm. Have, to be fair, last year I wasn't that last because it was a bit. Stand this year, though, isn't it? Yeah, they're like making up for the fact that the pandemic fucked up the last two years in New Japan. Mm. And just like, I feel like with Forbidden Door and with everything else, this is like them kind of going. Look at what we've got. Yeah, man. Um, One thing I am surprised about is there isn't any like big impact name in there. Like they had Ace Austin. Mm. I would have, I would have expected them to have had I'm also quite surprised Carl Anderson isn't in. I True. thought I would or Carl Anderson would have been in it at some in some way, shape, or form. Um, Lance Archer's in there, AEW talent. He's the only AEW wrestler in there. He's no, the only AEW one in there. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Yeah. That's what I mean. Like I would have. I suppose they're not gonna. They're not gonna announce anyone big. I. I'd like to see potentially. Like, just get Danielson in there. Uh, you want him in? Come on, Tony. Just take, <laughs> take, I don't know, Chase Owens out and have Danielson in that group. Like, or Aaron me, Hanari. Aaron Hanari or Chase Owens take out and just pull Brian Danielson in there. <laughs> and then well, maybe, maybe take Farley out and put a Brody King in his place. Uh, Hoss block. Yeah. And then just just because if we're if we're adding one more AW talent, just one more, get Buddy Matthews in there. Why not? Why not? Why not? It's Christmas after all. Yeah. <laughs> also, he did have that fucking banging match with the card there. Aye. So that'd be nice. Well, we'll be covering that as soon as it kicks off. Um yep. and, and and discussing let's some of that a bit more in depth this year. Let's just hope that they don't have it as disappointing pointing as uh, best of the Super Juniors were predictable final and winner people. yeah oh look it's Desperado and Hiromu again again <laughs> oh look Hiromu won again again <laughs> right perfectly, perfectly chance to fucking give it to someone who's not like really had that that experience mm. right Let's let's draw a line under news this week because it has been a big week of news and we right. have discussed an awful lot of news from, from the last week and a half, two weeks, actually, to be fair. Um, thank you, as always, for joining us. Thank you, as always, for listening. We really, really do appreciate it. Um, do listen out for, for anything else that we put out um, across all your, your usual streaming platforms, uh, our reviews, our specials. We've got a new exciting uh, thing we've got work, working on this week, haven't we? Aye, we have, pal. We have. You, any, anyone who's on our Discord will probably have an idea of what we're talking about. <laughs> uh, anyone else, maybe not so much, but uh, yeah, it'll be fun. 
speaking of which, if you're not on our Discord, you can join it. You can join our Discord. You can also join our Twitter and our Twitch at Untitled Rest Pod. You can follow us on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram at Untitled Wrestling Podcast. Please do give us a follow, a share, a like, subscribe, all that good stuff. It goes a long way and it helps us to carry on creating some really good content for you. Um, yeah, keep checking us out, keep supporting us. Thank you as always, and we'll catch you next time. Bye. Bye. Hello, this is Axel the X-Men Tisher. And I want to welcome you to the Untitled Wrestling Podcast. Give it a listen, like and share. And remember, beware of the wolf.